This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show on Tuesday, October 4th, 2022. A pleasure to be with you. Presented by the Advocates Utah, advocates.com, the very best injury attorneys in the business. Of course, it's the Utah Advocates. Check them out online. You can chat with them for free, no consultation fees, no retainers. You don't pay the Advocates until they win your case at utahadvocates.com. Is Jordan Clarkson untouchable? We'll talk a lot of NBA today. Rachel Nichols has something to say about her firing at ESPN. My guy, Ben, the rookie of the year, Simmons. Winning a championship with the Nets. How about that? Okay. Uh, we got to uh, talk football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Interesting, interesting stories out of the National Football League. Were you impressed with the uh, Rams offensive line last night? No, nobody else was either. Nope. What a disaster that was. But speaking of disaster, let's talk about television TV rights right here on the Monty Show because you know what? There is big news out of Chicago with the Big Ten sources uh, in Chicago tell us that the Big Ten and Amazon are talking about a series very similar to Hard Knocks um, as part of their agreement with the Big Ten that they are trying to hammer out. And the news out of that agreement is that Amazon would create a revenue sharing model to pay players who appear on that show and breaking ground in that NIL would then be part of the TV deal between Amazon and the Big Ten, who would become the Big Ten's exclusive streaming partner, Jake. This feels like a big deal. Is this changing the business of streaming in college sports? Yeah, I mean, a thousand percent. I mean, I think that, you know, NIL has been this thing that people have, like, worried about or stressed about or just, frankly, haven't known how to leverage. I mean, we've had many conversations on this show about how, you know, the the it's how, you know, the differences in in, you know, NIL between BYU and Utah and how it's handled differently and you know, not handled right here but handled right there. Like there's a, there's a lot at play with NIL and I think the brilliance of this opportunity in particular is that it benefits almost everybody, meaning that, you know, when you do hard knock style shows or behind the scenes stuff or whatever, you know, all access like we've seen on, you know, NBC before or whatever, you know, whatever, those type of shows that give you the type of access that you wouldn't normally have as a as a fan and you're putting that on uh, a streaming platform, I think it's huge. I think that, that, you know, I mean, if you go on YouTube and you just search like all access, you're going to get a ton of different stuff, but that's all behind the scenes stuff that you wouldn't normally get. So the idea that, that the player who was already going to be involved in the show on some level, you know, when you put cameramen in locker rooms, I'm pretty sure that most players are going to be seen on that show at some point. But the idea that you can create a system where a, a player who participates more and puts more time into the show and more effort into the show is going to get NIL money for doing that. I think it's absolutely brilliant because then it benefits the player, benefits the Big Ten, certainly. You know, it obviously benefits Amazon because they're getting the viewership dollars. Like, yeah. to, me, it's, it, to me, 
it's one of the best ideas that NIL has been able to produce so far. And I think that that BYU was kind of in this mindset in the sense that they wanted they wanted to do something bigger with NIL. They didn't just want their players doing a one-off deal here, one-off deal there. They kind of wanted to encompass a lot of people in it. And that's kind of what this feels like to me as well. Like it's a big thing that a lot of people can get involved with and and make a lot of money, frankly. I mean, this has yeah. to help. Like this to me, this helps the the four A college athlete, meaning the guy who the guy or gal who 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 maybe isn't a uh, uh just a stud, you know, number one overall pick type athlete, the person who is gonna be uh, an undrafted free agent or whatever, you know, that kind of fringe player. This type of thing can help you raise your profile, and that to me alongside with the money for the athlete is incredibly valuable. So I'm not really sure what the downside of this yeah. would be. Well, and again, if you're just tuning into the show, because I see we got a lot of people that come on the show uh, every couple of minutes, we're talking about this deal between the Big Ten and Amazon. Uh, as they continue to negotiate a deal, Amazon is proposing a hard knock style series with Big Ten schools on a weekly basis during the football season um, that would take you inside Big Ten football. They are also uh, proposing as part of that, creating a fund uh, that would pay players who appear on the show. I, I think it's absolutely groundbreaking. I, I I just have no doubt that this is the future of TV. And I, I think one of the things that we forget about is how much money we're talking about. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, what sliver of that actually winds up in the pocket of players that appear on the show? I don't know. But if it's a hundred bucks, if it's just simply a flat fee for talent, it doesn't matter. $100 to a college football player is life-changing in some situations because it's the difference from simply eating off the training table, the food provided by the team, and being able to go and get yourself a Papa Murphy's pizza or you know, being able to have some freedom um, to have a little fun. Like Money at that level is significant, and I can tell you that what my sources are telling me is that it is hundreds of dollars per player per appearance on those shows. That is a big, big deal. So I think this is a brilliant move by by Amazon and the Big Ten. And what it also signals is that the Big Ten and Amazon are moving down the road of trying to get a deal done. And if, if that happens, it's absolutely crippling uh, to the Pac-12. Another bit of news we were able to get yesterday was that Fox and ESPN have been pressuring the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to consolidate, which is another fancy term for merge. And that, to me, still makes a lot of sense. This is the third time that we've heard about the Big 12 and the Pac-12 merging. Now, of course, we also heard from George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, that they would never, ever merge with the Big 12. Right. Um, so it's unlikely to happen. But that your two significant television partners would like to see you consolidate resources with the, the, the conferences of the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to become one entity – that to me makes a lot of sense because it allows everybody to come together, make the most money, reach the largest audience, and produce the best product on the field. It makes all the sense in the world. But to be honest with you, that's probably why this will not happen right? and why the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have been so unwilling to talk about mergers or consolidation between the two conferences. But I think the, the one thing that is abundantly clear right now the schools and the conferences are no longer driving the television bus. ESPN, Fox, and major stream partners like Google and Amazon and Apple TV to a lesser extent 
are the ones driving the bus. And mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely changing the face of sports on television. Yeah, and I think this whole concept of merging and not merging is is what sort of defines the opportunities. Like, I, I, I'm i just going to keep saying it. Like, super conferences are coming, and I think that, you know, you're either going to merge and you're going to see the bigger opportunity and you're going to create and sort of define your role inside of a, you know, let's just use the Big 12 and the Pac-12 as an example. Like like George Klayovkov and the leadership team of what now is the Pac-10, I'm sure if they were more open and positive about the idea of merging, could find a way to be part of that opportunity, like not lose their jobs because their conference got consolidated, you know? So I could kind of understand the hesitation if that's what you were being faced with. But I think if you were more positive about it and you were bringing solutions to the table, I think there would be an opportunity to say, hey, like, yeah, we're going to merge and create sort of a juggernaut of a conference, if you will, from a size perspective. But we'd like to keep our leadership team intact. We'd like to keep... You know all of the all of the people that are employed right now. We and we'll work together and everything, but we're not going to sit here and bring two conferences together just to fire a bunch of people. That to me seems like the level that Pac-12 leadership would operate at. Like, like, hey, we're not going to do this because we don't want to lose our jobs, and they have no ability to see forward and say, hey, this is going to happen one way or the other, and it's just a matter of if we want to be a part of it or not. Because if you don't do it. The teams that are in your conference now are going to leave anyway. So to me, this is you don't have options here. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's absolutely yeah. a no-brainer. And I, I just don't understand how you have so few really good content creation people in college football. It's astounding to me what we've seen um, from people like Notre Dame and BYU just for one game. Yeah, Both Notre Dame and BYU put out uniform specials just for their game this weekend. Hey, guys. I mean, it's remarkable to me that you're looking at a team like BYU that routinely does this stuff and has for the better part of seven years, by some estimates, been the best content creation um, school in college football. Yeah. I mean, they, and granted, they have a Sirius XM channel. Um, They, you know, they're on Dish and DirecTV. Like, I mean, they have incredible resources, but they created that platform. And why other institutions have not done that, it's it's truly beyond me. I mean, we for people that do this on a regular basis like Jake and I, I mean, we look at people like Michigan State Hockey. Michigan State Hockey, I think, puts out tremendous content. Yeah. Now, it's college hockey, so nobody knows about it. But this is being done on a smaller scale. You inject the assets and the resources of an Amazon, and all of a sudden the game changes. And I can tell you the other thing that I have found so interesting – over, I guess, the last year, is Amazon has been spending incredible resources in staffing. And I happen to follow Amazon Sports on LinkedIn, and I look at all the jobs they have opened, and it's it's a public database. You can go look at it. Yeah, Amazon Sports has been staffing up at an inordinate level, not because they have the NFL. Obviously, they're adding staff to do their NFL stuff. But it's far more than that. It's layers of middle management. It's layers of of soldiers just, you know, to support the management. Like yes. it's an enormous amount of of open positions at Amazon Sports. And it only makes sense because it's very clear that Amazon is trying to change the game in sports. We're getting somewhere. And they're gonna do it on Amazon Prime. And which is brilliant to me. I mean, I, I, as I would agree, I think it's absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah. But I think this comes back to guys like us, guys like you. Are you willing to watch 
your favorite. Are you willing to watch BYU? Are you willing to watch YouTube, uh, Utah? Are you willing to watch, look at RSL on Apple TV. The fact that Brian Dunseth and Bill Riley and, you know, like David James, like that those guys are not going to be calling games on TV anymore. It's, in my opinion, is a travesty. It's an absolute crime. But that's the game changer in, in MLS because now all their rights are going to Apple TV. Biggest kick in the balls you'll ever get. And and it's just it's unfathomable to me. Yeah. I don't ever see that being the case in college, major college football or basketball. I, I simply do not. Well, and I think the appetite for something, you know, like the all access stuff or like that more specialized stuff that like hard knock style shows that this, you know, that Amazon and Big Ten are talking about. The appetite for that stuff on Prime is immense. I mean, you yeah. know, going to Amazon Prime for for a TV show, we, we're already trained to do that. I mean, you you are you're already doing that. So to me, the only question is, what's the appetite to watch? Yeah, college football on Amazon because I can tell you right now, I don't love the prospect of on my smart TV having to flip to Amazon Prime for, let's say, you know, the first quarter of the Utah game and then having to flip back to DirecTV for the start of whatever, the BYU game or some SEC game or, you know, whatever the hell it is. Like, that's the challenge that I think Amazon or folks in the streaming space are going to have to conquer it because once Amazon creates a situation where you don't have to leave their app to watch, you know, ESPN and CBS and NBC and whatever, like every major sporting outlet on DirecTV, let's say, once that happens and you can just stay on Amazon Prime, the game's over. It's done. Like, it's it literally is done because Amazon does not have to charge people $100 a month to get every channel. They know because everyone has an Amazon Prime account already that they don't even have to charge you more. And if they wanted to charge you more, they could. They could raise it by $5 yeah. a month. I wouldn't blink an eye, probably wouldn't even notice it. But for them, that's billions of dollars. So that's why their model is so dynamic. So to me, this conversation of the Big Ten and Amazon creating a hard knock style show is just the beginning of what Amazon is trying to do. Yep. Uh, the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com and you know, I know we talk about the advocates every day, but please don't let this go by without committing to memory, utahadvocates.com, because it happens very quickly. Your life changes in a moment, whether you're on a bicycle or driving a car and you get in an accident and all of a sudden you don't know what to do. You're talking about calling your insurance company and trusting your insurance company to watch your back. No, friends, that's not what you should be doing. What you should be doing is hiring the best injury attorneys in the business, and that's the advocates at utahadvocates.com. It's not your fault that somebody ran a red light. It's not your fault that somebody hit you because they were on their phone and they were distracted. What you need to do is watch your back, protect your best interests, hire an advocate, the Utah Advocates, utahadvocates.com. You don't pay a penny to the advocates until they win your case. That's how confident they are in their ability to protect and defend your rights at utahadvocates.com. Coming up in five minutes, football at 50, Rachel Nichols letting loose on ESPN, Max Tooley at 8 o'clock. But right now we talk about Amazon and the Big Ten getting together on a deal. And, and I wonder your thoughts on this. Um, I, I really think that you, you as, as the consumer, us as the sports fan yeah. will really drive the ability of people like Amazon and Apple, 
uh, to change the game in streaming. Um, Karen Montemayor, first one in today. Karen. Well, well, well. Always Karen. average to see you. Welcome to the family reunion. Uh, breaking news, BYU trades their media team and uniform design team to the Utah Jazz for Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk a lot of jazz today. Should the Jazz be holding on to Jordan Clarkson? It's been a wild rumor, and remember, we told you, I think it was September 20th, that the Utah Jazz had let other teams know that they were not going to be trading Jordan Clarkson. And now here we go with Sham Shararia at The Athletic telling, you know, letting a story go yesterday that the Jazz, and I guess Ryan Smith, um, have said that they are not trading Jordan Clarkson. Mm -hmm. So, again, I'll keep score. I lift. Right, right. That's right. We got. We told you first right, right here on the show. Right. Good morning, Kurt Myers. Good morning, MY Jazz fam. What's up, Mike Chase? Good to see you. Neville93 says, I saw you guys posted videos uh, of the Grizzlies on IG. Heck yeah. The Grizzlies creating video content. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is the standard now. Yeah. It is the standard. It is the lowest bar in content creation. You have to be doing behind-the-scenes, inside looks at your sports team. Yeah. Because if you're not, we're going somewhere else to get it. Yep. So if if you can be inside the the, the Utah Grizzlies, the BYU Cougars, the, the Utah Utes, the LA Lakers, your fans are going to watch. More people are going to come to the games. More tickets, more beer, more shirts, more everything. I want it. That's why it's so, like, again, I just point, and not to continually compare BYU and Utah, but again, I just point to Utah, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's cool that we're getting Utah man singing videos every time you win. I want more than that. I want to look inside practice. I want to look inside meeting rooms. I want hard knocks on the Utah Utes and the BYU Cougars. And I think the funny thing about this whole conversation is it it, it just takes effort. That's it. Like, it's not – and with all due respect to BYU and everything they've built and everything they've done, what they're doing isn't rocket science. What they're doing isn't, like, groundbreaking, like, holy crap, we're doing things that nobody else could have thought of, you know? This whole uniform reveal video, like, that concept – was only born because seven years ago or whatever it's been now, they decided to start giving people a deeper look into the program. And now it's evolved into partnerships in Vegas with Dana White and the UFC and Ryan Smith, obviously. Uh, and you get these great videos. So to me, I mean, whether whether it is an ECHL hockey team in the Grizzlies or whether it is the Lakers or whatever, yeah, I agree. You have to be doing this stuff because ultimately – what is the point of going to a game? People don't go to games anymore just for the sake of going to games. Like to me, no. you you may enjoy going to Wrigley or, you know, what was Staples Center or whatever, your chosen facility. But to me, if before you went to that game, you knew there was a certain storyline, you know, you're going to go more. Jesse Harsh says, is the pack run by a toddler? In fact, yeah, it is, Jesse. It is. And oh, by the way, Jesse, you'll see the new uniforms in person. He won our trip to That's Las right. Vegas. So That's right. enjoy your trip, Jesse. Snooka. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, Snooka. Hey, y'all. How you doing, cowboy? Hey, y'all. Uh, Steve Hambone. <laughs> hey, I, apparently Snooka is now a cowboy because, well, we said so. Um, and Steve Hambone <laughs> says, good morning, boys. Been a while. Hope everything's going great. Hambone, good to see you, my man. Uh, K-Do, rock chalk, baby. K-Do. How about game day, college game day? going to learn. are they yes wow like, okay there I was mean, debate on that kansas has arrived teddy wayman what's up my guy good to see you 
Um, Gene Stream Gamer, my t-shirt wearing fanatic, uh, says, missed you guys, been working busy this past month, going to work my ass off for my brother and sister's tuition. Stay amazing. You too. Gene Stream, glad to see you're thriving, man. Hope you're well. Uh, Tanner Plummer, what's up with you? Um, Jeff Johnson, morning boys. How about them Niners? That safety stepping cannoli looked like Tom Brady last night. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jimmy man. Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. The only thing he likes more than cannoli is Papa Murphy's Pizza, who presents football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. Yeah. On the Monty Show. Make <laughs> sure you use promo code Monty25 to get yourself 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Um, I guess here's the biggest question that I have about the NFL this weekend. Like, all of these big moments, what do you remember most about this weekend? Because there's one thing in particular from last night that I remember, and I think it's the moment of the weekend. Do you have one moment you remember? I mean, from the weekend, I I think it's, it's... Yeah, I mean, I think it's the Bills-Ravens game. No, it's not. It's Bobby Wagner, you know, targeting a fan. Okay, well, that was, That's the moment of the weekend. Yes, okay, fine, yes. Come on, that was amazing. It was amazing. That was amazing. I don't think you should be fined, by the way. I don't think you should be suspended. That guy was streaking, and Bobby Wagner saw an opportunity to take the crown of his helmet and lead with it and drop that dude. And he knew... Well, this isn't an NFL game now. I'm not going to get penalized. Well Bobby, done, sir. Bobby Wagner and Tack, uh, Tack McKinley saw this fan running away from security. And so Bobby Wagner earholed this guy with the top of his helmet. Legit. And he dropped that dude hard. Frankly, I enjoyed it quite well. <laughs> the way he walks away from it is brilliant. He's just so cold-blooded about it. No thought for... His safety or anything. Just, yep, you're done. Let's move on. It's like that office linebacker commercial that used to be around, right? Yeah. Like, you just, you can't run onto an NFL field and think you're not going to get hit. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's just really stupid. I know he was a protester and whatnot, but it, but it is what it is. Is Bronco Mendenhall the next head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes? Dude. This is a hot rumor that's floating around. Bronco's made it pretty clear he wants to get back into the, the ranks as a as a college football coach, and let's be honest, Colorado sucked to the point where they fired Carl Durrell the other day. Um, they're paying him $16 million, I believe it is, to not coach the Bucs. Crazy. It's pretty remarkable. Is Bronco Mendenhall the next head coach at Colorado, in your opinion? I mean, I, I, I'm I, sure he's a candidate for the job, you know? I mean, to me, I think if you're Colorado, the question you need to be asking is not who your head coach is, but where the program's going. Because, you know, we have seemingly every day a conversation about, you know, where this Pac-12 team's going to go or that Pac-12 team's going to go. You know, and I think the problem is is that this is a really bad time to be bad. I mean, if you're Colorado, you're embarrassingly bad. Like, it's terrible. And you don't really have a lot of value. Like, honest to God, if you think about it, like, like when's the last time anybody really had a tangible conversation about Colorado? With all due respect. So, to me, I when mean, we're talking about, like, mergers and expansion and the Pac-12 burning to the ground in your Colorado, are, are you you're telling me that you feel comfortable with where you're at? Because I don't. You, you want to leave a P5 and go to the Mountain West? I don't think you want that. Come yeah, on. I think if you're Colorado and Bronco Mendenhall have a conversation, you call him. And I think you try to hire him. I think yeah. Bronco is by far the best available coach 
I think he handled his exit from Virginia very gracefully. He said, I need to reset. I need to reload. He did that. Now he's ready to go back to work. If I'm Colorado, I'm hiring him. What he did at BYU, I thought what he did at Virginia was was nothing short of miraculous. And if I'm Bronco Mendenhall and Colorado calls, I listen. So, yeah, yeah I do think Bronco Mendenhall, I think he's an asset. I, I absolutely, do. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely do. By the way, did you guys see that uh, Dolphins quarterback Tua Tunga by your mama? Yeah. Uh, proper pronunciation there only, please. Uh, ruled out week five against Zachy Poo in the Jets. You mean, you mean he did not pass all the tests with flying colors? It's pretty amazing. By the way, now multiple cases across the NFL where players had a concussion and they were able to return to action, including Tua Tungavailoa, who, remember, the independent third-party neurologist hired by the NFL and the NFLPA was fired. And it he was fired because he did not handle Tua Tungavailoa in the concussion protocol properly. It, this is shocking that we're still dealing with this. I mean, you're talking about the rest of these guys' lives. These are young 20-somethings that are destroying their brains, and we've got guys that are not following the protocol, Yeah, and I just don't understand well, it. Well, it's classic NFL. It's like, hey, we put a rule in, but we're not going to ensure that the rule is actually followed. Like, like, okay, great, ink is on paper, but that doesn't mean that two is not going to be let back into the game or or any number of these guys. And I just think it, it, it is what the NFL is notorious for. Like, how yeah. many times are you going to put a rule in and then not officiate that rule or, or mandate that rule properly. Like, it, it's like the lowering of the helmet thing for, for last year in the preseason. Called it constantly and then never called it in the regular season. Like, it's that type of thing in the league that I just think burns NFL fans out. You can see these guys literally wilting on the field. Yep. And they're doing nothing. Max Tooley coming up at 8 o'clock talking BYU uniforms and Notre Dame. But first, Provo Cougar fan says, can't believe this show has got me getting up early on weekdays. Hey, let's man. Let's go, baby. Let's do this. Let's go. James Knight, what's up with you? Um, you guys, uh, let's see. Gene Stream Gamer says, you guys are nearing 8,000 subs. Man, we are growing. Yes, we are. Exactly right. Yes, Working we hard, are. Man. Working hard. Uh, absolutely. Let's see. Uh, exploring with Ben and Sam says, Ugh, I hate all this. It's just about money, but that is how the world works. Well, Fact. he's talking about the Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12, and Amazon uh, because Amazon and the Big Ten are, are reportedly negotiating a stream deal that includes a hard knock style show that would pay players through NIL who appear on the show. I think it's brilliant. But, yeah, it's absolutely all about money, no yep. doubt. Uh, Gage Carter says, I'd like to see the Big 12 and the Pac-12 merge. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, hey, guys, man, I missed that drop. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Um, K. Du says, while a merger makes a lot of sense, egos, administrative and cultural level, on both sides. Yeah, totally it will agree. prevent a merger. There totally. is. There is no doubt about and somebody, that. Someone's conference will die because of that. Yeah. You can book that. I would agree with that. Uh, Amazon Prime can't be any worse than losing your games to Dish without notice. Yeah. How Bro. about that? Disney uh, was off of Dish this past weekend. By the way, uh, they were off of Dish and Sling, and that includes ESPN. That has been fixed. Uh, Dish and Disney have a handshake agreement that has restored uh, Disney products to uh, Dish Network and Sling TV. So uh, there were a lot of people upset about that. Uh, Tim Bruckmiller says Amazon has budgeted $15 billion for new programming, $5 billion reserved for live sports. 
Okay. But you see what that message sends, though. I think it's a great point. If those numbers are accurate, if by the way. If they're accurate, right? Like, you have the lion's share of money at Amazon, you know, going towards unique stuff. And hopefully those numbers are accurate. Yep. Uh, Caleb Harrison, good morning to you, my friend. He says, literally only got HBO Max because my team was on there to Detroit Lions. Yeah, they were on Hard Knocks. Exactly my and, point. And Caleb's the exact guy I'm talking about. Like, you're a Detroit sports fan. The Lions are on Hard Knocks. Well, got to get HBO. How much would you pay for a behind-the-scenes with the Pistons? Seriously. Yeah, like, I mean, that, that you probably would. Yeah, absolutely. You probably would. I just, yeah, crazy. Uh, Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. Rudy, what's up? What's up, man? Uh, Daniel Westover says, thanks for the genuine jazz coverage. Um, I can only take so many articles about how Walker Kessler and Will Hardy have the same hairstyle. Oh, my God. Isn't it it's, so cute? It's just brutal, bro. Like, I, I yeah. Uh, yeah. Snookaw. What's the cowboy? Uh, says uh, things done change after winning that there wagon wheel, fellas. Hey y'all! Hey y'all! I got a wagon wheel now. <laughs> that there wagon wheel, fellas. The wood on that wagon wheel was real nice. <laughs> Snook is the king, dude. That's amazing. Uh, speaking of the king, uh, football fifty ten of the hour every hour is presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Nine one one. What's your emergency? I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is, ma'am. We trace the smell, and it's coming from inside your oven. Ah, amazing! Papa Murphy's. That commercial. I'm is telling you, it's unbelievable. just gas, dude. Papa Murphy's. It is gas. Do you know how scared I was as a kid? Um, there was a movie, and I don't remember which one it was, but that call, we traced that call. It's coming from inside your house. That was one of the scariest things I have ever been through in television movie history. When the cop on the other end of that phone says, the call's coming from inside your house and she loses her mind. Oh my God. <laughs> that and Michael Myers in Halloween. Bro. Dude, I had nightmares. Yeah. That, well, I mean, there were, what's your, do you have a favorite horror, hot, October horror movie? Are you like a Freddy Krueger guy? Are you a Halloween guy? You you don't no. even know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're well, talking yeah, about. Why not? Teenage Mutant Ninja I know Turtles. What you're talking about. Man, it was terrifying <laughs> when that one turtle with the red wristband, dude, he jumped in that sewer and I was like, no, bro, I'm out. That guy's definitely a douche. Time to go back to Blue's Clues. Bro. <laughs> Jesus. Glad to see you're feeling good today. Time to go back to Blue's Crew. Well, what about Thomas the Tank? <laughs> well said. Can we go use the promo code Monty25, uh, Papa Murphy's yeah, app. Yeah, to get all your it. Thomas the Tanks. Yeah, go ahead and uh, order Papa Murphy's pizza. Uh, Monty in the Morning presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Uh, the best injury attorneys in the business, of course, it's the Utah Advocates. You don't, you don't watch scary Halloween movies? I mean, we got into paranormal activity there for a little while. Oh, but... my God. Yes. But yeah. that's not a Halloween movie. But yeah, holy. That's like saying Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Paranormal activity. Yeah. The fan scene with the camera just oscillating back and forth. Brilliant. The, the pool camera. The, yeah. I think that was in Paranormal, too. Oh, yeah. man. Dude, we saw those movies together. In theater. In the theater. That is. Like, what do you do? You, do you guys have favorite scary movies? Uh, Justin Hayward says, love the show, but it's time to update your set, boys. Thursday. Yeah, yeah, you know. Thursday. You know, we kind of thought the same thing. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, we yeah, did. We did. We did. Thought the we same did. about updating the set. Yeah, we did. 
we have a little plan for that. So uh, Thursday, Thursday we will we will enlighten you. It's classified uh, information until then. You know, it, it is uh, it is classified information on that. Thanks to our good friends at Wayman Brothers Construction, we'll update you on Thursday. Uh, the best contractors in Utah, absolutely. Wayman Brothers Construction, 801 654 1028. And I can tell you, we've done a project together with them um, that has been nothing short of perfect. And they've communicated, they have been great to work with. The finished product is remarkable. Um, I'm t- no matter if you're building an ADU, which is, you know, hey, a revenue generating property, maybe mom's coming to live with you, maybe, you know, whatever you need, you need an apartment above the garage, call Wayman Brothers Construction. You need to finish your basement, remodel your bathroom or your kitchen, Wayman Brothers Construction, the best in the business, 654-1028, tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Don't forget Max Tooley coming up an hour from now to talk BYU football. Max Tooley. Uh, Max Tooley. Let's go. We got to talk about, you know, Max is a multi-sport athlete. Okay. He is a track guy and he's a football guy. Mm -hmm. Can he throw a javelin further than he can throw a shoe? I don't know. He got a penalty for throwing a shoe. Right, yeah, right. Through the cleat. Right, it's Uh, tough. It's probably not a good joke. Uh, anyway, the point is, uh, Max Tulio join us. The one thing I am excited to talk to him about, though, a beyond the fact he has amazing hair and it is he, it is matriculated through the process. Excuse of me, you said maturation. It has gone through and maturations, a maturatorial process, we uh, and stuff. But he, I wonder about he served his mission in London. Yeah, my favorite city on earth is London. Um, and I'm just curious about the impact because he's a Bronco guy too, by the way. Um, he, there's a photo of him. I want to say on his Instagram with Bronco when he was being recruited. And so I'm curious, I think he's like an 11th year senior or a junior. Um, but I'm curious about his path to and through BYU because he's had an interesting run, man. Um, and now he's really stepped up and, you know, obviously he's got the two pick sixes. I think Max Tooley's one of the most compelling guys mm-hmm. in BYU football right now because he's a tremendous personality. And obviously on the field, he's vital to that defense. We got to ask him about stopping the run. You know. Because I don't know if you know this, but Notre Dame can only win if they run the ball well. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what Max has to say about that. Don't forget Harris Chance every Wednesday at 830, uh, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. So Harris Chance back on the show tomorrow. Uh, all of that to say, let's talk a little Utah Jazz basketball, friends, because I think it's very interesting, um, all of these rumors about Jordan Clarkson mm-hmm. um, and whether or not the Utah Jazz are trading Jordan Clarkson. Sources have told us uh, for what going on three weeks now that the Utah Jazz have not had an appetite to trade Jordan Clarkson and they weren't really having uh, real substantive conversations with other teams about Jordan. Shams uh, at The Athletic, and I think it's Stadium, mm-hmm. um, tweeted the other day or yesterday that uh, the Jazz are not trading Jordan Clarkson. Um, the local media jumped on board and, you know, all of a sudden had sources saying they were not trading Jordan Clarkson. Pause, bro, pause. I think it's very interesting that Jordan Clarkson becomes the one guy that you won't trade. And I... Uh, this conversation is becoming interesting because I don't disagree that this team needs somebody for the fans to hang on to. But let's be brutally honest about what this basketball team with the Utah Jazz is. They're anonymous. As I said yesterday, 
This current incarnation of the Utah Jazz are a bunch of anonymous guys wearing a bunch of jerseys we don't recognize, and they're a bunch of faces we don't know. It's Lori Markinen and Malik Beasley. If you're dead set on holding on to Jordan Clarkson, why did you not hang on to Donovan Mitchell? Mm -hmm. That's the conversation that always comes back here. I'm not saying you're wrong, but the thing that I know is when you have a valuable trade chip that really doesn't have that much value to you, but holds tremendous value around the NBA like Jordan Clarkson, who does. Jake, why are you hanging on to that guy? Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly it's it has to be, you know, a combination of Ryan Smith likes him. Um, I, I go all the way back to the jersey reveal, and who they have in the jersey reveal? Jordan Clarkson, you know. Um, I, I, I look at Jordan's role on this team as it has obviously ebbed and flowed and gone through its different ups and downs, and he's always been the guy coming off the bench giving the team a pop, and I think that, you know, right now, the messaging is, hey, we're never going to trade Joe Ingles. And then you traded Joe Ingles. Hey, we're never going to trade Jordan Clarkson. Jordan will be gone at the deadline. I would be shocked if he wasn't, right? Like, it's it's now, but that edict's going to change as the season goes on. And, I, and I, I, I believe that in my heart of hearts that he won't be here a long time. I think he'll be gone at the deadline. But that's just my opinion. I could be totally wrong. But, yeah, I mean, I, I why would you keep him? Reasons you would keep Jordan Clarkson is yeah he's good at, he's good with the guys you know obviously he performs at a pretty high level for a six man which is why he won that award you know and generally he's likable with the fans so that's why you would keep that guy but to me honestly it's bad business to be operating from the standpoint of yeah we're just gonna keep him because we like him right we're just gonna keep him because it you know it's something for the fans to hold on to that's not what Danny Ainge's mentality has ever been so that's why I say you're like kind of playing both sides of the fence. You brought in Danny Ainge to be this cold-blooded, ruthless, rebuild the team as fast as possible type guy, but also you're playing on the heartstrings of of jazz fans with Jordan Clarkson after you traded possibly the most popular guy in Rudy Gobert, um, you know, to the T-Wolves. So I don't know, man. It's, it's conflicting. They go back and forth. This is what this organization under Ryan Smith has been, and I would just keep pointing to the Joe Ingles situation. We're never trading Joe Ingles. The owner himself tweeted it. And then what happened? You traded Joe Ingles. Yeah, and, and I mean, listen, it, it makes sense to me on a certain level that you need a guy fans can hang on to. Remember, the All-Star game comes after the trade deadline, right? So if if you're holding on to Jordan Clarkson hoping he's an All-Star, I think you're holding on to him for the wrong reason. Jordan Clarkson's a quality player, but he's on the wrong side of 30 years old. He has a lot of value around the league. I mean, sources have told us uh, for the better part of six weeks that the Lakers really wanted Jordan Clarkson and Boyan Bogdanovich. I still don't to this day understand the Boyan Bogdanovich trade that the Detroit Pistons absolutely fleeced you on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, frankly, I, I just don't – I don't get it. Kelly Olynyk, your starting center. Okay, cool. But that's all, that's all that Boyan Bogdanovich was worth to you. I don't know. Apparently. I, I look at Jordan Clarkson. I look at Malik Beasley. A, you know, NBA sources for days now have told us the Jazz are not done dealing. They're still one of the busiest teams on the trade phones, right? Schemers so trying to control their I, little world. I don't think they're done dealing. But as I've said now, I don't believe that there's an appetite in this organization based on what Jazz sources have told me. They're not excited about trading Jordan Clarkson. And I think it's because he's that guy that fans can hold on to. I don't believe that Mike Conley has immense popularity in Jazz Nation. I don't. I don't think that Jazz fans are live and die on Mike Conley. But do you see what I mean? Not to cut you off there, but you traded Boyan 
for nothing, essentially. A guy who I think we can all agree was pretty liked by the fans. Like, I think Bogey was one of the more passionate guys. He was a fan guys. favorite. There's yeah, no doubt. Like, like, everyone liked Bogey. You traded him for a rack of basketballs because you allegedly didn't want him on this team when training camp started for whatever reason. But Mike Conley's still here, someone who's not probably going to be a huge impact guy. And you're trying to package that as, yeah, well, you know, Mike's leadership and Mike's this and Mike did a piece where he said he doesn't want to leave and his family. And it's like, this is kind of what I'm getting at. They go back and forth. The logic changes depending on the player. But I also think it makes sense. I mean, you need, when you have an organization like the Jazz currently have, and I want to be careful. I want to be comfortable. I, I, I'm not trying to be nice. But with all due respect, this the internal workings of the Jazz are incredibly dysfunctional outside of basketball. You look at the promotions, marketing, content creation Lack side. Thereof. How are the Utah Grizzlies? And and I believe it was Tanner Plummer who said this yesterday on, on Twitter. On yeah. Twitter, we retweeted the the Grizzlies put out a video um, that they're doing an inside the Grizzlies series, and we retweeted it and. Tanner Plummer said, how is it possible, something to the effect of how is it possible that the Utah Grizzlies are more content creation than the Utah Jazz? Um, and it's exactly right. And it's because your staff is incredibly dysfunctional. You know. And I, I so I look at what's going on behind the scenes, but from a pure basketball perspective, you've got to have Mike Conley on this team. Kelly Olynyk is not mentoring anybody. You, you look at Malik Beasley, he's not mentoring anybody. I look at a guy like a Jared Vanderbilt, Kelly Olynyk's not, you know, somebody that Jared Vanderbilt's going to look up to. Yeah. You need a guy like Mike Conley. I think you need a guy like Jordan Clarkson. That makes a little bit of sense to me. But at what cost are you doing that? Mm -hmm. Because those two guys really are the last, ba last bastion of what is now an era gone by of Utah Jazz basketball. And I think that's painful for Jazz fans. I, and, and I would love to hear from you guys in the comments. Like, to me, you know, and again, it needs to be said, I'm not a Jazz fan. I'm not from Utah. Like, the Jazz are not my team, but they're the team that we talk about on, a, on pretty much a daily basis, both apparently in and out of season. And so, to me, knowing this team and this fan base, is it not painful on some level to see these guys on this team then mm. versus now? That, to me, is where I'm like, as a front office, I'm like, yeah, sure, we need leadership on this team, but the difference between 25 wins and 31 wins really is not that big of a deal to me. You know what I mean? So on the it floor, really it's not about basketball to me. It's about you, on some level, wanted to keep you know some names because the Jersey thing was not real successful for you and you're not going to make a lot of money in that, that department. It was a disaster. Yeah, you know, obviously I'm being kind of nice about it, but like, you know, the Jersey thing didn't go over well. You know, you've completely gutted this team and changed all the names so nobody can relate to the team. And you're like, well, we still have Conley and JC. You know, you know those guys. But Conley and JC doesn't really feel the same when you're surrounded by Markinen versus Gobert or when you're surrounded by Malik Beasley instead of Donovan. That's my point. That's why I say, hey, I get it. Leadership, totally understand that. I, I, like, that makes sense to me. But at the same time, that leadership is good for what right yeah. now? Five wins, maybe? Jordan Clarkson's going to be 31 years old this season. I mean, it, it, I, you're losing value. And you I, waited too long on, on Joe. 
You waited too long on Bogey, in my opinion. And the guy that you got in return for Donovan Mitchell, Colin Sexton, is not starting, which is which still head-scratching to me, dude. I, I don't understand why you wouldn't start Colin Sexton. Um, but now it's I, I need to see the Walker Kesslers of the world. I need to see the Fontecchios of the world. I need to see these, these guys that are going to be the next wave. I mean, if this is what your reality is going forward – I understand that you're going to start your veterans. You got to play these other guys heavy minutes. Yeah. And I think that's Mike Conley's value. Let him be a coach on the floor and a mentor off of it. I totally understand that. If you're holding on to Jordan Clarkson, in my opinion, that's a mistake because his value is not going to go up. It's going to go down. And if I'm the jazz and, and I hear these rumors about the Lakers and the Pacers, um, I don't know. Am I that interested in Russell Westbrook's $47 million? I'm probably not. No. But there's a trade to be made with the Lakers, and I don't understand why why you wouldn't do that. You know, like I, I just don't. Uh, Red Heart Norvis, good morning, too. He says Jordan Clarkson needs to go to the Bucks Or a team like the Bucks. Yeah. You know, whatever, like somewhere. Yep. Provo Cougar uh, fan says, well, if they want to win more than 20 games, then keep Clarkson. If not, trade him. I, I don't know. Is Jordan Clarkson a win or lose player? I mean, no. he, he's. I think he's just a complimentary piece. He's I, a win or lose player on a championship team. He's somebody that that when your 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 workhorses on a championship team are tired late in the first half, you're going to bring Jordan in to get you a quick ten or twelve. That's what he does, and I that's see that. really valuable in the league. But again, on a on a on a, and I don't like to char- characterize this team as a losing team because I don't think that's what. The, the whole point here is that because when you rebuild or you gut a team, obviously you're going to lose way more than you're going to win. Yes. So to me, I would rather characterize it as a team that, you know, is transitioning or transforming, like on a transitioning team that's trying to change their identity and, and start new. JC just doesn't, to me, have a home outside of the fact that he's been with this club for a long time. So he is one of those names you associate with the Jazz. So that's why I say I'm not really here for the conversation about Jordan Clarkson brings you five more wins. That's not why he's here. Well, and I'm actually excited about the young guys you have on this team. I mean, I I think Walker Kessler has, if you look up and down this cap, Walker Kessler probably has um, the most upside. I mean, I, I... Talon Horton Tucker, I, I don't know what to expect out of him, but he only makes $10 bucks. so why do we care, right? I mean, give the guy minutes. Um, I look at it, guys, like I'm not excited about Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I look at, you know, Chai Agbaji. I'm, I'm excited to see him develop. Jared Vanderbilt, I'm excited to see him develop. Uh, again, Simone Fontecchio, I'm excited to see him develop. Walker Kessler, um, you know, like I want to see those guys. I, I'm not excited about... Jared Butler or Saban Lee, uh, at, like those guys don't excite me. Those guys are G League players, frankly. Right, right. You know, like that. That's the that's the issue that I have with this club, and and I I think, um, you know, when you talk about excitement, it, it's usually surrounding money. Um, and when you're talking about money, you're usually talking about TridayTrading.com slash Monty because that's how you get off the hamster wheel of side hustles, Jake. Savage, absolutely, some of your best work right there. That was truly incredible. Yeah, I know. Tridaytrading.com. Um, <laughs> listen, guys, when you're when you're done getting on the wheel and you're you're tired and you want to make real money and you want to stop giving um, you know, your employer the best days, hours, years of your life, get to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Well, I'm Harrington here. You know, I've been in the broadcast business going on 30 years now. 
And after that amount of time, you start to be able to pick some winners. I want to share a winner that I'm aware of with you, and that is my guys at Tri-Day Trading. They're going to teach you how to trade, and then they're going to let you trade using their money and then split the profits with you. That's a pretty winning deal. If you want to register for a free webinar, all you have to do is go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. So for more information, it's trydaytrading.com slash Monty. We'll see you there. Hey, man, you know. Just what I do, I get all the big heavy hitters to come out. Yeah. Well, actually, trydaytrading.com did that because Alema Harrington's a guy that knows all about their program. Um, so good to see you, Alema. I appreciate the shout out. I would just tell you, hey, man, don't take my word for it. Take Alema Harrington's word. Okay, don't take his word. Just go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Register for their free webinar. It, it quite literally is no obligation. It yeah. costs you nothing. It's all informational. Make a decision, man. Stop talking about building a better life. Stop talking about, oh man, this is the way I'm going to get to my millions and my fortunes. Start doing something about it. Day trading is absolutely lucrative. Day trading is absolutely a scalable side hustle that you can turn into your full-time job that can become your living, that can get you the house that you and your family deserve. That can You can be the family that takes that Disney vacation, that takes that awesome trip, that drives that nice SUV. Stop dreaming and start doing by going to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. And as Alema said, the best part about it is they're going to let you trade with their money. And if you make money with their money, they're going to give you 50% of the profit on it. Yes. There literally is nothing to lose at trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Good to see Alema Harrington there. Um, you know, I just, I think it's really interesting. The the comments about uh, the Jazz, NY Jazz fan says, uh, trade Jared Butler. We gambled on him. It was a good gamble, but it didn't pan out. So let's just cut our losses and develop others. Sorry, I agree. Folks, that's what it is. Totally agree. Jeremy Bolton says Alema equals the GOAT. Yep. Darn right. Look at that. Alema Harrington. Yes. Shouting us out. Yes. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Uh, Caleb Harrison says it makes sense why Young Bull 2 didn't start. He's coming off of an ACL tear. Save the legs. That could be. That could be with Colin Sexton. Absolutely. But he looks fresh. He's got springs. Not And he, by the way, he's not wearing any knee protection. Yeah. At some point, you got to cut him loose. You know, you got to let him play. Yeah. Um, what better time than now for Jordan Clarkson to show his full potential he should be a, a primary option. Do you want him to be a starter on your team? No. I don't think because you do. Because that's not his value to a championship team. He's not going to start on the Bucks. He's going to be the first guy off the bench. I mean, that that is what Jordan Clarkson has carved out for his career, and I think it's a damn good role for him, if I'm being honest. Like, what better role for a, a guard of his build with his – the skill set that he has than to come in and simply be asked to get buckets. Literally, that's it. Like Lou Williams, Jordan Clarkson, Tyler Hero esque guys. Like that's like that's a great place to be. Come in and score. It's very simple. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, "How are the Bulls looking this year?" Meh. I don't like talking shit. Yeah, I don't like what the Bulls did. I, which is, by the way, nothing. Um, the <laughs> Bulls move. Was to and, and what did they? I, I want to say Zach's making twenty seven million dollars a year. The Bulls are like, the Bulls, man. They're they're going to be good enough to to make some noise through most of the season. Then they'll get beat by the best teams in the East. I think they'll we'll be a top again. five team in the East. Although, by the way, by the way, by the way, anybody see what uh, Brooklyn put on the on the floor last night? By the way, he's making 
Zach Levine's making 37. DeMar's making 27. Well, I thought you said Zach was making 37. 37. Point one million dollars. Listen, before we get to my awesomeness on Ben Simmons, right, um, right? Lonzo Ball's the biggest dude there. I mean, he is the straw that stirs that drink. He is absolutely a difference-making point guard who can't stay healthy. And for those of you who don't know, Lonzo's had this knee injury. He had surgery, and they can't figure out why it's not healing. So they go in and they do a procedure where they cut out, literally cut out dead tissue. It's dead scar tissue, dead tissue that regrows around scar tissue. Like, I mean, they had to go in and cut all of this out. That didn't work. So his knee was not getting better after that. They go in and do a clean out, a, a micro, you know, like a, a microscopic surgery. Yeah. A scope, a microscopic surgery. Right. And now they say that fixed the issues and he's moving forward. Mm -hmm. And that now there is a chance he could play this season. That tells you this team's not going to be elite. And Nikola Vucevic is a nice little player. He's not a championship caliber player. If the Bulls were serious about winning a, a ring, they should have traded for Rudy Gobert because he's the exact guy that that team needed. Yeah. His skill set, his game, that's exactly what they needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. How about Brooklyn last night? I was pretty stoked to see uh, Ben Simmons. Game was on NBA TV, thankfully, so we got to watch a, uh, we got to watch a good part of it there. But... Um, Got to feel pretty good about what you saw out of uh, good old Benny Simmons and uh, your guy, Kay Dizzle. Yeah, I mean, obviously they looked good. You know, I, I think that it, it, to me, you know, I never, you don't, you can't doubt the talent they have, right? Like it's not in doubt that they have some of the best basketball players in the world on their team. Right. The question that I have is just how does all this pan out in the locker room? Like, okay, great. Kyrie Irving's motivated in the preseason. What does 30 games in Kyrie look like? You know, what does, like, how, that's what I'm curious about, the evolution of these different personalities. Because, again, you've got Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving essentially on prove-it deals where they need to prove that they still can contribute and be the guys that everyone thinks they are. And and I don't doubt, again, I don't doubt their skill. But, again, you got to go out and win ball games. And, and I think that I want to see Ben Simmons in the heat of the moment. Yeah, I know. You love Ben Simmons. You're a Ben Simmons guy. And you think I'm not a Ben Jesus Simmons Christ guy. Of basketball. I know he's the rookie of the year that wasn't a rookie when he won rookie of the year. That's what I know. But my point is, how do you not look at what you saw on the floor last night with all of them out there together? It was pretty damn good. Yes, it was and good. I, yes. I look at Ben Simmons, and you talk about chemistry. All of those guys are saying different things but making the same point. Hey, what happened this summer completely reset the organization with Katie and Kyrie trying to get out. And, you know, the, the, and they're saying that, and I don't know if James Knight is still here, but the beginning of all of this restructuring was Patty Mills' decision to return to the team because he was a vital cog in the locker room last year. And they, they felt like the only way it would work is if Patty Mills came back. He did. They all kind of got back together, and it was very clear they were excited to be on the floor playing together. Mm -hmm. To see Ben Simmons running the break for the Brooklyn Nets, giving the ball up to Kyrie, gave it right back to him for a dunk. That over-the-head pass from Ben Simmons to Claxton was awesome. Claxton diving on the floor to get KD a three. This team looks engaged and ready to go. I don't think chemistry will be their issue out of the gate. Now, if they lose 10 out of 12, okay, chemistry is going to become a problem, right? 
But I don't think chemistry is going to be their problem out of the gate. I frankly, if they stay healthy, that's they're going to win the NBA championship. Yeah. I am that confident you're, in yeah. the Brooklyn. You're Nets. way more confident than I am. I I think there's no reason for us to be confident in that. I think really, that, yeah, there's no reason because again, it's 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 an injury away. It's it's one one malcontent away from the locker room you know, being right back in complete dysfunction. I mean, again, like, obviously I'm a KD guy. Like, I, I, I love his game and what he brings. But the fact is, is he's got skin, uh, skin thin. Thin skin. Sorry, easy for me to say. Um, he's soft mentally. <laughs> the guy the guy can't handle drama in the locker room, and, and that's my biggest concern. So every NBA team, I don't care if you've got, you know, the greatest of all time starting five, every NBA team's going to lose – 10 of 15 at some point in the season. That's going to happen. And my question is, how do they bounce back from that? Yeah, I, I don't have I don't have any doubt about that here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. I, I just don't have any – I have no doubt. I think when you go through what the Nets went through, I, I just think it's so difficult. If you come back, you, you've got to let all that go, and it looks like they have. Hoops World uh, says, Brooklyn are going to be very dangerous in the East. Simmons is a game-changer, and – that's really my point. Just yeah. just him, and he talked about this. He said the getting on the floor and playing the game is is my biggest win. That's like the biggest therapy that I can go through because I need to feel normal again. You know, and Ben Simmons, it's been a year and a half of just not playing basketball. Yeah. And that's got to be crippling for a guy that's already dealing with depression and anxiety issues reportedly. This back injury does not seem to be an injury at all. He went through that surgery. He looks unbelievable. Mm -hmm. If he's back to Ben Simmons running downhill, running the break, playing great defense, he's actually says he's excited to get an opportunity to play to play center and be a defensive center because he understands the matchup problem that causes. I, I don't. I don't know. I have seen the other guy that's terrifying, Jamal Murray, last night. Mm -hmm. Good God! Yeah, he looked good. Are you he he, like really he's good. back and, and on I'm, the floor? Look, I'm no Nuggets supporter certainly, but he's he's a nice story, and I and I do hope that he has a great year. I, if he and if he and MPJ can get back on the floor together, look out, look out. Red Heart Norvis, Kyrie will be Kyrie, Ben will be Ben, Durant will be Durant. They okay now? Just wait for the first drama, and the whole NBA will be shaken for some reason, perhaps. Perhaps. James Knight says, relax, Jake. Ben hasn't played any basketball for over 400 days. And yes, Patty is mentoring. Ben. James Knight. Well, James Knight and Patty Mills are drinking our 4X gold. All so, gas, no know, break. Yeah. I'm sure they shared one of our six packs that is still owed. Uh, <laughs> Caleb says, uh, Kyrie gets a full season now. They'll be fun to watch. I agree. Uh, M. Morris says, Ben needs to focus on crashing the rim for rebounds and playing great defense. That's all they need him to do. Yeah. That's it. And I think they'll be absolutely fine. By the way, Claxton looks different. Like, not only did he shave his head. Yeah. He just looks like a better, more evolved basketball player. Yep. And as he's aging, he looks like a guy that understands space, routes to the rim. Like, I, I, I'm, and I don't know why it stood out to me so much, but there was a play where Kyrie, you know, dribbled the ball off of somebody's heel. It bounced around. Um, Claxton dove on the floor and threw an over-the-shoulder pass to KD who dropped a three-pointer. Yeah. That's what this team hasn't had 
for two years. Well, Claxton knows his role. I mean, Claxton is the classic work hard guy that that is going to get a lot of opportunities just by playing around great players. Yeah. And my jazz fan says the biggest threat to the Nets locker room is the media. The players have proven the media is able to tear them apart. I don't disagree with that. I actually think that's a really good point. I think the thin skin comment is exactly right. KD has nobody has thinner skin than KD. Yeah. I think you look at KD, Kyrie. I think you look at, um, you know, a guy like Ben Simmons. I don't even think, you know, to be honest, like thinking about Ben, to be honest, I don't even know that it's that he has um, thin skin. I think he just wants to feel valued by his teammates. I think that he doesn't want to be torn down constantly by the guys in the room. That's that's what I think it is, and that's what I think Philly turned into for him. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think there's any doubt about that. We'll... We'll see what they turn into. Here's a question. Should the Lakers uh, trade um, Buddy Heald, uh, trade for Buddy Heald? And and should they should they acquire Miles Turner? I think that's a that's a big question, and it's one of the biggest stories in sports this morning, presented by Quick Quack Car Wash, one of our newest sponsors on the show, Quick Quack Car Wash. And again, I tell you, I'm a car guy. I drive an Audi SQ5. I love my car. Um, and the thing I really like about going to quick, quick car wash is number one, it's super fast. I can count on the fact that I'm not going to be at the car wash for 30 minutes, which drives me crazy. Yep. I just need to get my car wash. I love that they have free vacuums that helps a lot, but the people at quick, quack car washes are what makes it different because they're friendly. The first time I ever went to a quick quack car wash, it was because the the car wash I usually go to, the guy, the people that were working that day, this guy, just looked like he didn't want to be there, and I got a Ooh, terrible car wash. That shit need to be fired. Yeah, so I said I'll never go back to that car wash. Yeah. And so I went to Quick Quack, and the girl that I rolled up to was friendly and just super nice. Like, you know how they guide you on to the rail? Yeah. Um, they so got to, like, you, can, you know, point you sort of and tell you which way. She was great about that. It wasn't, like, just the guy. I'll never forget the negative car wash experience I had at this. And I'm not going to say the name of that car wash, right, but right. he was just like, he was literally like, it was like, get your ass over here. Come over there. Like just real negative about it. And this girl was like smiling and she's like, yeah, come forward, go this way. Like, and it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. It was fun. It was easy. Every time I go to quick quack, it's, it's like a five minute in and out process. And again, this is just like the Papa Murphy situation. The quick quacks are, are owned by local business owners. Yes. So these are local businesses that, that need support. And, and to me, you know, the car wash thing is really important, especially if you live in Salt Lake, you know, you know how much the salt can eat at your car. Like, you know, how much winter will beat up your car. And that and that's why we we decided to to try to partner with Quick Quack because we felt like you know we want to bring you a solution that that could really be valuable for you. So it's quick, it is cheap, and they do a pretty good job. And and that's why I would say go and check it out. Yep, uh, Quick Quack Car Wash, our uh, newest partner on the program, brings you the biggest stories in sports every morning right here on the Monty Show. I don't think there's any doubt that this Big Ten issue is, is with Amazon is a big, big deal. Yeah. Um, I think, by the way, speaking of the Big Ten, not on ESPN, but this Rachel Nichols story, I also think is a big one. Rachel Nichols got a new job uh, with Showtime NBA, and she did an interview on Steven Jackson's podcast, um, and I want to play a, a small bite of this for you. You'll remember the Rachel Nichols situation um, at ESPN, she basically was caught on an open video line ripping ESPN as a network that has equality issues. 
she claims that she didn't, A, know that that was an open line, and she also told Steven Jackson that she didn't even know how that equipment worked. And Maria Taylor ended up getting the NBA countdown job. I really wanted to make an effort to welcome her, to open my door to her. I sent her flowers when she got the job because I was really, really happy for her. Mm. I got a phone call asking me, would I step aside for Maria to host the NBA Finals and have me go back to being a sideline reporter. And they stressed it was my choice. They weren't telling me to do this because it was in my contract, but they were putting a lot of pressure on me. You know, I was being told, well, you're not a team player, which any woman in business knows is code, right? Women are supposed to be kumbaya and team players and helpful and men are aggressive sharks and all of that. And this time I was also getting ready to leave for the bubble and went down there, and it was a different set of equipment than I had been using to broadcast at home. So my very first day, I'm there, I'm using the new equipment, and I didn't know that if you leave a particular app running in the background, that the line from my hotel room, looking into my hotel room, to Bristol would stay open. Unfortunately, that entire time, nobody back at ESPN told me that there was an open line to my hotel room, and anyone who looked at the feed could see me. No one shut it off, decided, oh, she clearly doesn't know she's being watched unpacking or doing all these other things. Um, and at least one person uh, decided to just sit and watch. I called Maria Taylor incredibly talented. Then I said, I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football, she covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you, ESPN, are feeling pressure about your crappy long-time record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side, well, then go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You're not going to find it from me taking my thing away. This is in my contract. This job is in my contract in writing. Ooh, man, that is ugly. Tea. You want to talk about, you want to talk about, all the smoke. That's the name of the podcast that she was on with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. Uh, that's all the smoke right there. Yeah. And there's a lot in that. And, and again, candidly, I worked at ESPN. I, 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 I don't know what's true and what's not there, but I will say that if you're using equipment, you need to know how to use it. Um, having used equipment and broadcast remotely for ESPN, I can tell you, I always turned it off. I knew how to use it. I knew when it was on. I knew when it was off. I knew when the mic was live. I knew all of that. That's not an excuse. It is It is her job, Rachel Nichols, to know how that works. Now, having said that, there, there has to be some responsibility on ESPN as well um, to have her back if somebody's watching that. And generally, in my experience, um, having worked in network television at a very high level, I can tell you this stuff happens all the time. I have been in a control room where there was a camera on a, you know, vividly I can remember on a remote set at the Super Bowl. One year I was in a control room where people didn't know the cameras were on on that set and they were ripping people that were in that control room watching them unbeknownst to them while they were ripping these people. I've been in that situation. It's incredibly uncomfortable. Now, having said that, was Maria Taylor only hired because she was black, which is essentially what Rachel Nichols is saying? No, she was not. I think Maria Taylor is one of the biggest losses in the history of ESPN talent. I think the fact that she's at, at NBC now is a huge loss yeah. for ESPN. 
I think Rachel Nichols is a huge loss for ESPN. The bottom line is, this is Rachel Nichols' fault and nobody else's fault. You don't do what she did. You don't leave a camera. And I can also tell you, after what um, you know, what other women in this business have gone through, you cannot leave a camera lens uncovered in your hotel room. You cannot. You yeah. you just it, it's just something you cannot do. Yeah. There's you have to know how to use that equipment. I don't feel sorry for Rachel Nichols. I don't feel like ESPN is completely blameless in blameless in this situation. But Rachel Nichols has to own what she did here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think that, you know, so at the beginning, you know, I totally empathize with Rachel when she says, hey, it was in my contract that I was going to host the NBA Finals and I had been working, you know, up to this moment for the better part of 20 years, you know. And so to have ESPN ask me to, to not take that opportunity because they wanted to use Maria Taylor is frustrating. So right there, if that was just the story, if that was it, okay. I can understand that because it's contractual. ESPN agreed to it. Like, it's in writing. It's binding. Okay, great. I get it. That's business. But I agree with you. The equipment thing is where she loses me because you do have to know how to use your stuff. You are responsible. You are on TV. Like, like yes. it's not an excuse yes. to not know about an app running in a background or, you know, to then basically use that process of you not knowing about an app running in a background that keeps a camera hot to blame ESPN and to kind of come up with this thing where someone was recording you and it was nefarious. Yes, they were recording. They shouldn't have been doing that. But at the same time, that doesn't happen if you handled your business. So that's why I say, like, on, uh, from the contractual portion, I understand why she's frustrated, but I don't feel sorry for Rachel, and I know that's crappy, but I just, this whole situation is kind of tired. I feel like Rachel needs to move on, as I always say in politics or in sports or in just, like, situations. Sometimes the best medicine is just to move on from it. Like, go on, like, you know, Make yourself a big name at Showtime. Like, reinvent yourself, basically. Yeah. That's what I would tell her to because do. Because I think she's very lucky to have another gig. I mean, you don't often recover. Um, you don't often recover from stuff like this. And I just think, you look at Aaron Andrews, who was videotaped with a camera through a peephole. I mean, obviously, that was not her doing. This yeah. is Rachel Nichols doing. Yes. Right? I mean, that 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 to me is and the I biggest wish, difference. And I almost feel like if Rachel would, would have just said, like, Instead of going the past she did in that video, if she would have just said, yeah, you know what? Like, I didn't know that leaving that app, you know, running or whatever would allow the camera to stay hot. And that's my bad, you know, and that's a lesson I've learned. To, but as a TV professional, specifically in television, yeah. in this climate, when we're dealing with COVID, she would... She was in the bubble with the NBA. Yeah, that's when this happened. You, that she, is important to remember. She knew she was broadcasting remotely. Trust me when I say, as a television professional, you know how to use your equipment in your hotel room. Yes. I mean, you're the, and the, the thing that nobody's talking about is, did somebody see her bathing or showering? Did somebody see her nude or changing her clothes? Like, she knew. She knew yeah. exactly and if she didn't, that's on that's on her. All right, let's get your comments in here. Uh, M. Morris says ESPN is slowly dying. Oh, contrairement for it. Yeah, I don't buy that. I, that is, and again, not because I worked there, but I'm telling you now, ESPN is growing. They are not shrinking. Yeah. ESPN's decision to walk away from the Big Ten was one of the most savvy business decisions we've seen in recent television history. 
because they know that they underpaid for the SEC network. They don't need to spend that bread. And this is why I think you're seeing they're driving such a hard bargain on the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Yeah. Because they know that those two conferences need ESPN. And furthermore, you know the thing that should really scare you? ESPN and Fox, whether they're colluding or not, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but ESPN and Fox are working in tandem on some level because Fox isn't really negotiating with anybody, and ESPN is saying, here's where we're at, $16 bucks for the Pac-12, take it or leave it. Again, I'm telling you, these TV networks see the opportunity and they see the writing on the wall. Yes. They know if we wait... And we sweat these conferences out. We will get what we want. Max Tooley from BYU uh, in 20 minutes talking the new uniform in the uh, Notre Dame game. Uh, right now, Teddy Wayman says Quick Quack is legit. Yeah. Is Quick Quack legit, Jake? Yes, I think Quick Quack's awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're I, legit. I, I think that, again, like I said, I mean, the biggest thing is, like, I've, I've been – to quick quack probably four times so far and in um there was one of those times specifically i remember where the line was long it was it was after uh, i believe it was uh this past winter where we had you know you get a big snowstorm and then it takes a couple of days for that snow to clear out and then everyone goes and gets their car washed because your car is just filthy from the salt and the snow and like the grime and the mud and everything and so the line was long, and I was like, all right, like I'm, I really don't want to do this, but I need to get a quick wash here. And wouldn't you know, like 20 cars moving through, and I was probably there five minutes, maybe, even with a long line. So to me, that's the biggest value. They do a good job, and it's pretty quick. You know, no pun intended. Like, they move things through, and that's what I appreciate about Quick Quack. Like, it's good oh, quality, yeah. but it moves quickly. They value time. Yeah, I think there's no question, and this and maybe this is just me, but I, my time is the most valuable thing I have. Yeah, and I think when you're when you're in car, you know how car washes are here. Yeah, I'm telling you, Quick Quack's the best. We talk about them every day. Um, Snuka also on Quick Quack says best time to go to Quick Quack is early afternoon during the week. I would I would not disagree with that at all uh, for certain. Uh, James Knight says I would open my door to Rachel. I'm sure you would. Thank you, James. I am sure you would. Uh, Go Black 45 says ESPN isn't dying. It's cable that's dying. The only reason I don't have ESPN Plus is you still need a cable uh, to use it. Do I guess I will never? So I guess I will never use it. P their pay-per-view platform, you do not need cable. Yeah. If you want to watch what's on their network, you do need cable or dish or direct TV because you have to log in that way. But I don't think there's any doubt that is changing. But again, I, I think to that point, though, it's not necessarily true that you have to have a, um, a classic TV setup with your TV provider. Like you can have, like with direct TV, you can, they offer a streaming package on the direct TV app, and that's all you need to be able to access ESPN. And by content. the way, you can now buy stream only from DirecTV. Yeah. I don't know how many people. So that's know what that. I'm saying. Like, you don't need the traditional cable TV setup if you don't want to have it. Uh, Aztec says, Am I the only one having audio issues? Are there audio issues? Yes, please. And yeah, if there us. are, let us know. Uh, NY Jazz fan says, I don't remember the whole story, but I did like Rachel. She was great. She's very good on the NBA. Yeah. She's very good on the NBA. Well, it was. It came down to a PR nightmare for ESPN. When you have one of – what happened was she was in her hotel room. She left an open line that somebody videotaped and audio taped her ripping ESPN for having past equality issues. Bless you. Thank you. And so they didn't send that to ESPN management. 
they sent that out to all of the tabloids. Yeah. So somebody behind the scenes recorded that, sent it out to the tabloids, and here's the perception that Rachel Nichols hates Maria Taylor and is saying, hey, you're only hiring this woman who's black because you have previous equality issues. But you also have to understand in that interview, she also made a comment that it's not in that clip, but she also made a comment that that ESPN would never, uh, you know, send that ass to someone like Reese Davis. They would never, no. you know, send that ass to Herb Street or any of the mainstay Her male players. Her main argument was this is happening to me. Um, because I am a woman. Yeah, that is that is her main. That's her main argument there. And and I'm not trying to discredit her feeling that way. Like that's not my interest in this conversation. My interest is, hey, as a professional, if you would have handled your business, we wouldn't be here, and you probably would still be at ESPN. Love that or hate that. Like yeah. you know, and and so that's what I can't get away from. James Knight says, uh, "Lucky you guys have never made a mistake with your equipment. Never like that." Never like Never that. Never like dude. that. I Th can tell you right those now. Those are those are not mistakes. I and I I say this all the time. If you get an f bomb or a racial bomb or whatever it is in a in a microphone, that's not a mistake. That's you being unprofessional. Yeah. That's you making a decision to to let the world know who you are. What Rachel Nichols did was not a mistake with her equipment. It's a cardinal sin. You it, it's again and not to keep telling you. Uh, uh, I've worked in network television, both at Fox and at ESPN, and I can tell you right now, that's not a mistake. That is a just, it's unforgivable. You you just, especially when we're talking about a live camera. Yeah. Where you're on video saying that. No, dude, that's not a mistake. That's, that's, you just can't do that. And Morris says, if you say it on camera or not, it's different. Oh, it's Facts. hugely but different. But is, is this yes. not what we had the conversation about with the Tua stuff? If it's on camera, Tua, Rachel Nichols, like wh whatever, if it's on camera, it hits different. And that's, uh, this is a classic situation. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ruff's official says, imagine being told you have to give up your job to someone based on race. That's not what they told her. Uh, and some clowns are okay with it. That's not what they told her at all. In any, that's not the story that happened in any way, shape, or form. Uh, said this yesterday, but Quick Quack is sponsoring a fundraiser for my three autistic nephews on the 24th. Awesome company. Great things in the community. Thank you, NY Jazz fan. We agree. And that's really what we try to. That's really what we try to do. Yeah. You know, we really try to. Um, you know, we really try to work with companies that are community based. We really try to and you're going to hear a lot more about this because it's it's not something that we do willy-nilly. Like giving back to the people that take care of this show. I mean, it's it's the only thing we care about because without you guys, without the community, without customers, Quick Quack wouldn't survive. Without viewers, we wouldn't survive. Yeah. So we really try to partner with people like Barbecue Pit Stop, for instance. Yes. Um, we really try to partner with the advocates. I've known Matt Driggs for a decade. Um, I've known Steve at Barbecue Pit Stop since before, you know, back in 2014. Like, we try to partner with people who care about the community. And, and I, I, I agree. Try day. Quick, try day trading. That's a great point. Based in Lehigh, like, all of our partners are community, locally owned businesses. That's why we partner with the people we partner with. Yes. So, yeah, yes. Quick Quack's great. I don't think this Maria Taylor thing's a thing of race. No, I mean, I, I think that I, I think that the unfortunate truth is that, 
you know, ESPN it had to work on its reputation. And I think that on some level, yeah, I think whether we're talking about the NFL, we're talking about ESPN, like we're talking about the workplace in general. I think equality is a major conversation in our country right now. Like, I don't think there's any way, whether you're Ruff's official or anyone else, to deny that. I just don't think there's a way to deny that. And to yep. me, I don't think, my firm opinion is, I don't think that they asked her to to step aside because Maria Taylor's black. You know why I think they asked Rachel Nichols to step aside? I think they asked her to step aside because the NBA audience is incredibly young and dynamic. And I got news for you. Rachel Nichols is aging out of the young and dynamic crowd and into the Gen X crowd right now. And Maria Taylor is the next best dynamic female talent skin color aside she is dynamite at what she does and yes i do enjoy maria taylor on coverage i do she does a great job so to me yeah again as i said if i was rachel nichols i'd have been pissed too it's in a contract you guaranteed me and agreed to something and now you're changing it that said that's not an excuse to leave your mic open or your camera open or whatever and then be upset that you had to step away from ESPN. This is an issue of professionalism, not an issue of race. Yeah, I don't disagree. And then there's Kenai Johnson who brings up the old rumor. I thought she got fired for sleeping with Jimmy Butler in the bubble. Remember that story? <laughs> oh, my God. But that's, but a, in that, but point, that's what happened with her, There's though. a lot of smoke around Rachel Nichols. I'm not yes. saying that that story is 100% unequivocally true. But what I am saying is that as a professional in any industry, like when you go to the office, you know the guy or gal that's always in the ringer, right? You know the guy or gal that's always at the water cooler, you know, chomping it up. And then you know the guy or gal that's always working their ass off to further their career. So to me, Rachel, for 19 years, was work your ass off person. The last three years, she's been the one at the water cooler. Yeah. And that's the problem. Uh, Caleb Harrison says, almost worth it getting a car wash subscription in Utah. You wash your car and it's only dirty the next day because of construction. Yeah. We have them. That's, yes. that's what, that's, that's why we originally went to Quick Quack because we have subscriptions and they're totally, I think it saves you so much money. Yeah. And you get to know the people that get to know your car. Like it's, yeah, to me, uh, it's a no brainer. Just like football at 50, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty shows a no brainer. The biggest stories in football presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you get the Papa Murphy's app. Order that pizza 25% off when you use the code MONTY25. 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Don't forget Max Tooley, BYU linebacker, joins us here in about nine minutes. Going to ask him what they have to do to stop the run against Notre Dame because here we are on Tuesday and I still watching, watching uh, Notre Dame tape last night sitting on the couch. I'm telling you right now, Notre Dame has to run the ball to win. Yeah. And I, I think the biggest problem for, for BYU defensively, certainly we saw it in Oregon, we saw it against Wyoming, we saw it to a lesser extent against uh, Utah State because ultimately I think BYU did adjust against Utah State. But you're seeing that BYU is, is going to struggle against the run. And you're seeing that teams are starting to exploit that. If BYU wants to beat Notre Dame, They've got to make an adjustment. We'll ask Max, Max Tooley in uh, eight minutes what uh, BYU will do uh, to adjust to the run. Uh, I think one of the biggest stories in uh, football right now um, is Bronco Mendenhall to Colorado. This is picking up steam. I was reading this morning um, that they'd really like to talk to him. There's not another candidate on his level. Is Colorado 
a good fit, Jake, in your opinion, for Bronco Mendenhall? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's a good fit. I think I think Colorado needs a, a, a mainstay anchor type head coach. You can't, like, the next hire has to be someone that can be in your program for a decade. And I think Bronco um, did great things at BYU, did great things at Virginia, and, and I think needed a break and now is ready to go again. You know, and I think we see this. It's a cyclical thing with head coaches in uh, the NFL and in college football. So to me, yeah, I do think he's a great fit. That said, I think you got to look at all your options. I mean, again, it has to be uh, the correct hire. You can't have someone that you hire with all the hype and excitement and then he's gone in three years and you're paying him $16 million to leave. Like, you can't keep doing that as a program. And I'm going to keep emphasizing this. Colorado is not in a position to continue to suck. Like, you're not. You're not in a position to give up, I think it was 600-plus total offensive yards to Arizona. You can't have that, man. Like, in a time when conference realignment is alive and well, in a time when Amazon is trying to buy media rights and streaming and, and, and really blow this thing up, they're not going to be interested in a Colorado team yeah. who is easily one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. Yeah, and I think if you're Colorado, this gives you legitimacy in football. I mean, Bronco Mendenhall, I think, is beyond reproach as a football coach. He's a good man. He's a good family man. The guy can recruit. The guy can build programs. I, I absolutely think uh, I would hire Bronco Mendenhall if, if I were the uh, Colorado Buffaloes. And then there is Tack McKinley and Bobby Wagner last night. Uh, Rams linebackers playing the San Francisco 49ers. A fan ran on the field in protest with a pink uh, smoke bomb. He dodged a couple of uh, security officials, Jake, and then Bobby Wagner decided to take matters into his own hand. Now, I believe it was targeting. I could be wrong. Yeah, you know, upon further review. He approached you know, the streaker from the side, lowered the crown of the helmet, projected that helmet into the ear hole. And I believe and he I mean, did like, leave his feet. The physical ear hole, because the guy wasn't wearing a helmet, he dropped him like a bad habit. I believe it was uh, launching and targeting, and Bobby Wagner should have been ejected. Yeah, why don't you tack on 50 Gs of a fine, too? How about that? Yeah, for Tack McKinley, uh, he should not be fined for this. I have no problem with NFL players doing this. Listen, man, if you're going to jump into the Lions' den, you're going to get eight, right? And I think that if you're going to run up to players on a football sideline, they have no idea what you're doing there, especially carrying a smoke bomb. You're going to get lit up, as you should. Yeah. My hope is two things. This guy doesn't sue, and B the NFL doesn't find them. But he shouldn't even be able to sue. I mean, he's violating all the terms of the agreement of the ticket. Like, there's no way that this guy should be able to sue to me. I mean, you're, you're, why? This is what we do. We break rules. We do things we know we shouldn't do. And then we find a way to scheme and connive our way into suing somebody so that we can get more money. Like, that's what we do in our country. And, and it gets old, man. Like, maybe don't go shrieking on a football field and guys like Bobby Wagner, who probably bench press like 400 pounds, what are you drop bench? you, dude. Like, come what on. What do you bench? Yeah, man. I, it was spectacular Jesus. to watch Bobby Wagner, Utah State's finest. Yeah. To watch Bobby Wagner like that fan up was just Amazing. Like, ah! And by the way, I think another point <laughs> in this conversation, why do we not show this stuff on TV live as it's happening? Why do we have to do the whole, well, we have to film the bullpen because we can't film the field? <laughs> yeah. Why Like, why do we have to do well, that? Because I don't think you want to encourage people to run on the field. That's just my opinion. 
Uh, I don't know. San Diego State Aztec says, hell yeah, it was targeting. He will sue. It's America. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, Jansen says, if you're going to run onto the field or court, you're asking to get tackled by anyone around. See, and that's the thing. I, I totally agree with that. I think, it, listen, if you're going to run on the field, you're going to get lit up. You are going to get lit up. Ooh, Mrs. Monty making an appearance now just, what, four, five, six hours before her colonoscopy. Oh. Mrs. No, Monty I'm has good. arrived. Uh, football at 50, 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure that you you get the, uh, what do they call it? The Jacko Pizza. 911, what's your emergency? I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, we traced the smell and it's coming from inside your oven. Ah, amazing. Papa Murphy's. <laughs> It's the best, dude. I'm telling you right it now. It is 1,000 percent the best the, commercial the I've ever seen, dude. It, and it's the whisper at the end of it. Papa Murphy's. <laughs> That's the part that is so good. Never mind it's shaped like a pumpkin, but the devil's giblets in those, yeah. uh, that's the... They need to repackage the pizza. No olives. You know... Like, use sausage instead. Like, come on. You know, on. Like, I just am not... Do you... Are you an olive guy on any No, level? I'm not an olive guy. Who who the hell is an olive guy? I, I am I am 1,000% a mushroom, onion, pineapple, barbecue sauce guy, and, which and is listen, why we get that. And my question is, if it's so offensive to put pineapple on pizza, how is it not offensive that you're putting black olives on pizza? <laughs> that's that's offensive to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, anyway, Papa Murphy's Pizza, make sure you use the promo code MONTY25, M-O-N-T-Y, MONTY25, to uh, get the hookup on $25 off, 25, uh, 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Yes. At Papa Murphy's. Download the app. We do it pretty much every Friday night. Yes. Um, we order our pizza. It's great for football. It's again, great on the Traeger week, Smoker. You ordered it when you were on the chairlift. You ordered it through the app. We did. That is exactly right. Yes. On the chairlift at uh, Park City Mountain Resort. Yes. Uh, which, by the way, it is October 4th, and it's like 13 degrees outside. It is. It was lovely last night uh, to sleep in great comfort, which I which I enjoyed greatly. Uh, Jansen says that's such a cheesy commercial. No pun intended. See cheesy, <laughs> cheesy. See what he did there? You know. Cheesy and cheesy, and it all works together. You know, it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. My jazz fan says, Jake, I'm not an olive guy. Who the hell is an olive guy? Nobody. <laughs> but that's my point. Nobody is an olive guy. No, like if it's a martini, that's different. Right. I'm still not an olive guy. Green, black. My wife. You know who's an olive guy? My wife loves olives. Well. Loves olives. I guess. I, I'm not that guy, though. I am not that guy at all. The Monty Show presented by the Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. Uh, again, a great local partner. Matt Driggs, one of the partners at uh, the Advocates. I've known Matt Driggs for over 10 years. He is just that guy, man. And when you want somebody to fight for you, all of the lawyers at the Advocates are the best in the business. UtahAdvocates.com. Uh, you can chat with them on their website for free. And remember... It's not your fault you got in an accident. You should not be paying out of pocket to defend yourself. That's why at the Utah Advocates, your consultation's free. There are no retainers. You do not pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. That's how confident they are that they can defend you. Find them online at utahadvocates.com. All right, without further ado, let's uh, get our good friend Max Tooley, uh, linebacker at BYU, um, on the show Hello. Hello. 
what did Max freeze? I think I think Max froze. We're working on it. We're working on it. We'll get Max Tooley on the show as soon as we can. Yes. Yes, he did freeze. He did freeze. Okay. He's frozen. Yes. So we Max will Max will rejoin. <laughs> we have had so many Harris like take missed him Friday. And I'm really I've got to ask Max Tooley about his hair. Yes. We've got to, because in case you didn't know, Max Tooley's hair is legit. The stuff of le- legends. Yeah, it's legit, I mean, dude. it is truly the stuff of legends. Yeah. Um, but I want to thank our good friends at Coog Connect, CoogConnect.com slash subscribe. If you don't know Coog Connect, uh, they are easily one of the best NIL uh, collectives in the country, if not the best. Almost all of their money goes right into the pockets of the players, um, which is great. And they do things like t-shirts. They do things like exclusive content. And if you are a football fan, specifically if you're a BYU fan, I'd really encourage you to get to CoogConnect.com slash subscribe support the players at BYU all of this this effort through NIL I think we've seen it it's a wild wild west so companies like Coog Connect that connect us with guys like Max Tooley they have facilitated Harris Lachance joining the show every week thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza that's what Coog Connect does they work to put the players in a better position we use them exclusively at BYU. We do not go through the media department because the guys at Coog Connect are very good at what they do. Let's see if we can get the uh, hey. the one, the only, the legend, Max Tooley, on the show. There he is. Max, a pleasure oh. to see you. So the first thing that I've got to ask you is, you served your mission in London, which is my favorite city in the absolute world. How was, uh, how was London for you? London's, London's solid. You guys can hear me, right? Oh, yeah. You're good, man. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. No, London's solid. I, I actually didn't serve in central London for any of my mission. The closest I ever served to London was Ep- Epsom and, let's see, Slough and Windsor. Okay. Castle. So, yeah. But, yeah, England's great. England's, England's a great place, great environment. I love it. Yeah, I got to tell you, London, legitimately, London's my favorite city. I'm a huge soccer fan, so I'm a Chelsea football fan. And, you know, so I love London. So I saw that you oh. served there, so I thought I would ask you about that. The other thing I have to ask you before before we get too far into uh, current day BYU is, how did you end up at BYU? Because you were a pretty good, I, I know you probably know this, you were a pretty good high school football player. Um, you you Did you have choices? What, what was it that drew you to BYU? Um... I mean, yeah, actually me and my teammate Keenan Peely had a lot of similar offers and a lot of the similar recruiting process. Um, we got offered by BYU the same day, Utah the same day. A lot of schools were offering us the same day. Um, so we were kind of talking about that the other day. But, I mean, when it came down to it, I've always just been a, a BYU fan. I always dreamed as a kid seeing myself playing at Lavelle. So... I think when it come down to that, regardless of any other offers I had, it just came down to me wanting to live my childhood dream, you know, playing yeah. BYU. Well, you know, on your prolific Instagram profile, uh, I saw that there was a picture of you and Bronco, um, Bronco Mendenhall, the, uh, obviously the, the legendary BYU coach. Did, did he recruit you? What was your recruitment process like to BYU? Yeah, so... When I first got offered by BYU, Bronco was the one who offered me. And, uh, yeah, I sat down with Bronco. 
Um, I mean, when I committed, a couple months later, I committed to Bronco. And then a couple months later was when he left, Kalani took over. And so I kind of had to recommit to Kalani when Kalani took over in like December or something. So Was that hard for you to do? I mean, obviously, but they're, they're not terribly dissimilar I wouldn't imagine but those are two different guys they operate differently was was that a was that a difficult choice for you did you ever waver in that commitment um honestly to, it wasn't it wasn't a hard transition I was really committed to, to BYU when it came down to it um my commitment wasn't necessarily to Bronco and his coaching staff but just to BYU itself that's how it always was so I think just the transition to Kalani um it was a really good one. You know, Kalani's the man. Um, mm -hmm. if, if Bronco was I, – I didn't know Bronco as well as, you know, I probably would have. But um, Bronco was a great guy, but Kalani seemed like he was, you know, a great guy as well. So, yep. I didn't really see any, any uh, step down. Talking to Max Tooley, thanks to our friends at CougConnect, CougConnect.com. Uh, the other thing that I think is, is interesting – and we're going to test the, the the strength of our early relationship here. Can you throw a javelin further than you can throw an opponent's cleat? Which one travels more aerodynamically? I mean, the way I threw that cleat the other day was pretty poor. So I'd say I could probably throw a javelin further. Shoot. Yeah, that was Well easy, done. But... What do you got to tell me about that? Because I, I've seen, we've seen, we've seen shoes thrown in the past, helmets. So you make the play. What happened, man? Like, how did that shoe just appear to you as a, as an abled projectile? Like, what was going through your mind in that situation? I don't know. I think it's just a little bit of like just being excited. You know, I made, I feel like I made a pretty good play, and uh, you know. Was holding on by whatever I could. I happened to grab his shoe, and the shoe came off. So I was like, Crap. and mid mid throw, I was thinking like, yeah, I might get penalized for this. But I didn't think I threw it like high enough or far enough to like actually get a flag. So I thought it was okay. But I don't know. I just sometimes I don't know. If you, Hey man, it happens. Football stuff like that happens, you know. Things things happen. Tempers fire, you know. You get excited, do things that people will ask why you did it later, and you know you can't really provide a a great answer. It's just it's one of those things that happen. Yeah, no doubt about that. As we visit with Max Tooley, BYU getting ready for uh, Notre Dame this weekend in Las Vegas. Um, and finally, before we ask you about football, we got to talk about your hair, dude, because you are a you are a hair aficionado I guess I don't know I don't know if you are uh you know Paul Mitchell incarnate with the blonde at certain times you have this amazing uh mohawk at times like you must enjoy the hair life pretty well because I've seen some pictures of you that are spectacular <laughs> that's funny you say that I feel like my parents always they kind of gave me that freedom from a, a younger age is you know as long as you're behaving and uh, doing what you need to be doing, like you can have your hair the way you want to do it. So, you know, since I was eighth, ninth grade, I always had something weird and whether it be like a mullet, bleached mullet, just bleached hair. So I was always doing weird things and, you know, serving in England gave me a better appreciation for uh, barbershops and whatnot. So <laughs> I like, 
I don't know. Getting a haircut is more of like a, you know, like a release, like a therapy session for me now. So I, I just really enjoy getting haircuts and, you know, just being able to like show who I am through my hair. I don't know. Yep. You know, better a mohawk or a mullet? Because I got to tell you, your mullet game. I don't know, man. Your mullet game's pretty darn good. And when I see you winging down the field, because now you're this guy who only, all he ever does is score touchdowns on pick sixes, <laughs> right? When you're winging down the field, I got to imagine that the mohawk is probably more aerodynamic under that helmet. But like, are you are you more of a mohawk guy or a mullet guy? Shoot, I'm just whatever I got on my head. You know, whatever whatever's growing back there, growing on top, I'll uh, ride that out. You know, I got a solid barber, <laughs> Andrew Mickelson. He's an MMA fighter now, so he's uh, he's trying to get me right. Um, he does a good job. Nice. Uh, Max Tooley's our guest on the Monty Show. Let me ask you about um, the jersey reveal uh, before we talk football because I think this was – we've talked about it a lot on the show. The production value alone and the idea that BYU is creating that kind of content is amazing – I don't even care about the uniform. I think that is one of the best helmets we've ever seen in football in this state. Like, how did that jersey reveal go over for the team? Yeah, I mean, I think they released the sound bit or something. Like, you can kind of tell the the vibes of how, how the team was doing when we got that reveal. Um, you know, obviously, it's really exciting. Anytime you're getting something new in the college, college uh, program, it's always going to be exciting. So, a blackout is... You know, something we're all all looking forward to. We're all excited about it. The helmets, obviously, like you said, they're they're sweet. You know, the blue, the blue and the yeah. black. It's gonna look it's gonna look clean in Vegas for sure. Well, speaking of defense, let's talk about BYU's defense. I think you got a huge relief in Gabe Judy Lolly getting that uh, targeting call overturned. Which, by the way, hey man, I don't know. I don't think it was targeting. There was no flag, so you're not speeding unless there's a cop there, right? No targeting, no stop, no, you know. Um, but you guys are playing a, a better physical brand of football, and one of the things that I, I, I have said about you, and I thought it was really on display in the Oregon game, you seem like you come out with your hair on fire. Like, you're just, you guys are ready to hit. You guys are ready to get after it. But how do you, how does that, how do you reconcile that or how do you balance it against the fact that it feels like for the last three games, you guys have come out, I don't know if flat's the right word, slow's the right word, but it seems like as a team, you guys come out in low gear. Is that something you guys have talked about? I mean, yeah, I think it has been a, a little bit of a theme the last couple of days or the last couple of games is, you know, the first half hasn't been as clean as it should have been. And we kind of, almost shot ourselves in the foot getting off to a slow start. Um, so I think, yeah, this week it's it's been a point of emphasis that from the get-go we just kind of want to get started. We want to, you know, come out hot, score some points, get some stops early because um, we know how big of a, an impact that can take on a game um, later down the road. So, Well, and I think the other thing that's so interesting on this defense is the way that you guys have evolved over the last couple of seasons – I mean, coverage at times last year was a real issue for this club. You bring in a guy like Gabe, you obviously you've had some maturity and some growth in that secondary. You guys are covering the pass well now. Now you're struggling, it seems like, against the run. What is the difference in this defense? How different is the defense this year as opposed to what you were as a unit last year? You know, like you said, I think the back end has gotten a lot more um, experienced and uh, Discipline as, as well, just bringing in guys like Gabe. 
Um, so in that way, we've improved a lot. But I think just having a having a year in the program and in all aspects, everyone's improving. Um, but yeah, having the DBs having more uh, more better coverage and whatnot like makes it a lot easier for us. So I think it's just a matter of the front seven, front eight, uh, just getting things done up, stopping the run, um, like you said. It's a point of emphasis for us. You know, we 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 struggled a little bit the last couple of games. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, yeah, we have different strength and different strengths will pop out at different games. Um, but I think it's just a matter of putting everything together, putting our whole defense, showing us what we can do um, as a whole. Because I, I really don't think we've played our best football yet. Um, so I think we just we still have a lot to prove. It seems like, to me anyways, and I think Kalani's touched on this a little bit as well, it seems like you guys – are underachieving. I don't know if that's the right word. And with all due respect, it just seems like I value you guys defensively anyways at a very high level. And it seems like whether it's a missed assignment or just like a, a just not the right guy in the right place, it just seems like you guys almost played down to, to, to a, a certain level where it just handicaps you. How much more room for improvement do you see in your defense based on where you are now and where you think you should be? I mean, yeah, like you're saying, like there's there's always room for improvement. Um, we have a lot of a lot of nicks that we're still trying to get out in our defense. Um, things we're still trying to iron out um, to get more more consistent and more you know solid standard results every game in and game out. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just a matter of everybody coming together each game and you know having that belief that that we can. manhandle anybody on the field so i think when it comes down to it when we have the scheme we got everything we need we just need to go out and do it have you guys been able to pinpoint one thing or another is there a certain issue that is preventing you from being as effective as you want to be against the run because i'm sure you know this better than i do as a huge notre dame fan which i am by the way um they can run the football. They And I would tell you, Max, they need to run the football to win football games. I mean, it's not optional for them to, I think, beat you in the, in the air, especially with the way the back end of that defense is playing for you guys. But have you have you guys pinpointed one thing or the other that is, that is hurting you in your run defense? I mean, obviously the biggest thing with, with defense and football in general is tackling. And um, I think we've done – a below average job the last couple of weeks, myself included. You know, I've left a lot of tackles out there that I feel like I shouldn't have in the Oregon game and the last game as well. So I think we've, we've put a lot bigger emphasis um, this week on just like striking up and wrapping up um, and actually, you know, envisioning us, you know, making that tackle and bringing that guy to the ground. And, you know, sometimes guys will actually bring him to the ground in practice and coaches don't like that, but, you know, if that's what we're trying to get better at, I feel like you can't be too mad about something like that. So I, th- I feel like, I don't know, just, just sticking to the fundamentals, you know, yeah. knowing how we know how to tackle. So it's just a matter of going out and doing that, shedding blocks. So just the basics, honestly. Does Coach Tuiaki get too much blame for, for your performance as a, as a unit, as a defense? Because it seems like it seems like, you know, the opponent will gain one yard and everybody is on Tuiaki for this or that. Like, I feel like he takes a lot of heat. And I feel like, you know, again, with all due respects, Max, he can put, he can tell you guys, hey, X, Y, Z, but you guys are on the field. You're in the hole. Yeah. Like, you guys got to make the play. I feel like he gets a lot of heat that maybe he doesn't deserve. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like fans are always going to speculate and have their opinions on um, coaches or players or whatnot. But really, when it comes down to it, nobody really knows who's in the right, who's in the wrong. Um, so, I don't know. I, it kind of bugs me when people like to share their opinions so much on something that they have very little knowledge about. But, no, he, he's a great coach. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's trying to get us in the best positions as possible. So, I think he's doing he's doing everything he can. So, we just we just need to all figure it out. All right. So, knowing that your middle name is Maximus on uh, social media, Max Tooley, um, we have to talk about the greatest movie of all time, which, of course, we all know is Gladiator, followed closely by The Dark Knight. But um, as a guy, like, you have that pose. You have that pose. And <laughs> I know one of the, the quotes on your on your social media also is, you know, the, the famous what you do in this life, you know, echoes in eternity. Like, how much of a fan yeah. of, of The Gladiator are you? You know, I've I've been a big gladiator fan since my coaches, my strength coaches would call me Maximus. Like I don't know, it's just kind of a nickname that's that's always kind of stuck for me. Obviously, it's not far off from my my name, but I've seen Gladiator so many times, and you know, Maximus is is the man. And you know, if I Maximus, had that mentality, Maximus, yeah, exactly. Come on, man, so, like. You, we all know that every week Max Tooley scores touchdowns. That's all he does now. So the next time you get a pick six, it's got to be like the the Rock's got to stand up and chant. I mean, we've got to make that happen. How amazing would that be? Shoot, that'd be pretty sweet. That would be awesome. Hey, man, thank. Great to meet you. Great talking to you. Yeah. Please stay healthy and uh, best of luck in Vegas against Notre Dame. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. You bet, man. There you go. That is uh, Max Tooley, uh, BYU linebacker. What a great personality. Yes. Like, what a good interview Max Tooley is. I'm, I don't know how we make it happen. But the next time that Max Tooley scores a pick six, and I know it's really hard to do that. That's a huge expectation, by the way. He will before it's over. But the next time he does that or makes a spectacular play, The Rock's got to step up. Yeah. The Rock has got a chant. Maximus. Maximus. And I love it. And I can't remember his name. Um... I cannot remember his name, uh, Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix's character. Oh my God, it just went right out of my head in Gladiator. But one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when he has Maximus all tied up and he's like, Maximus, Maximus. Like we have yes. to make that happen. Yes. That chant has got to happen. Yes. Oh my absolutely. goodness. Um, I thought it was really refreshing that right there, Max talked about the fact, because I do think Coach Tuiaki gets too much heat. Yeah. Is he perfect? No, he's not. But I will say this about, about you know, obviously Kyle Whittingham and his staff up at Utah. Like, you can put him on the field in the swamp and tell him to make a tackle and they miss the tackle. That's not on you and your coaches. Tuiaki can't make guys stand in the hole and, and, and make a tackle. Right. He can put them there. He can tell them, hey, you need to be here. But when they're in that moment in time, he's not out there making that play. Yeah. And I think he takes an inordinate amount of heat for the lack of, of, of I don't know, what is it, consistency or performance that fans see in that defense. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think the, the, the fact of life for a guy like Max is like there are a lot of times where he's in a prime position to make a tackle in the hole. You know, and if he misses that, it's it's on full display, and that's and that unfortunately 
is why I think uh, fans, you know, get frustrated. But I think, you know, again, for guys like Max, like you're at the point of attack. You're the you're the first guy past the line of scrimmage that that the back is going to see. And these running backs are not exactly easy to tackle. You're talking about guys who can, and I'm not even joking. These run a lot of running backs. You're talking about benching like 350, 400 pounds. You're talking about like really strong, but athletic and quick guys. Like that's not an easy ass. So, you know, when you look at, you know, the back in Oregon, who's, who's excellent. You look at what Wyoming brings to the table. Like it's not, you know, an easy ask. That said, he is a great linebacker, and he is somebody that's going to continue to make plays. So for me, I think, uh, yeah, I do appreciate Max's candor about the whole situation. I mean, yeah, they did leave tackles out there. Yeah, would they have liked to have made those tackles? Of course. But I I just think at some point, BYU's tackling issues are going to go away, just like Utah's tackling issues went away after Florida. It's just a fact of life in football. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of comments. Uh, Barry says, hey, how did you guys get Max Tooley? CougConnect.com. That's why I've left it up on the screen. I cannot say enough. I I deal with Jake over there at CougConnect. Oh, I thought you were going to say you deal with Jake over here, you know. No, you're good for nothing. I Why know. would I deal I with know. you on an interview? Yeah. Good Lord. I know. I get it. Take it. See ya. I get it. That's my dude. Um, but yeah, the guys at CoogConnect.com, I'd really encourage you, hey, consider subscribing um, to the guys at CoogConnect. The money goes right to the players. Like It makes a big difference for them. CoogConnect.com slash subscribe. Consider giving them um, your support because it really makes a difference with NIL. I think this Amazon story that we've been talking about this morning um, that we'll get back to here in 10 minutes, I, th- I think is a big deal. And you look at this game in, in Vegas, it is, it is BYU as a dog, which I, I still don't, I still don't understand that. Notre Dame's a three point favorite on the, on the road in a neutral site. Granted, it is a Notre Dame home game. Yep. Um, they got the lion's share of the tickets, but I, I think we all know that BYU fans travel. Yes. Um, so I think it is, they will find a way. Yeah, They will absolutely find a way. And, and again, I just think if you're a if you're a BYU fan and you are not supporting these players through NIL, um, whether that's hey you know what Harris Lachance presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza, use the promo code Monty25 when you order pizza. Order from Papa Murphy's. They support Harris Lachance. You know if you are you know somebody that likes Max Tooley, hey support the guys at Coog Connect. Subscribe. It's ten bucks a month, mm-hmm. and it goes so far. Whether that's you know Clark Barrington's T-shirt or whatever it might be, exclusive content. Hook it up with the guys at Coog Connect because I'm telling you they're they uh, they do great work. But how do you feel about this game? Like I, I think three points is I mean it's not the biggest thing in the world that they're a dog on the road uh, in Vegas. I feel like BYU if they can clean up the run situation like Max talked about, I feel like they have a more than legitimate shot to win this game. Yeah, and I and I think that's exactly what it is. Like I I you know if if your first possession on the field to start the game is defense, I think you have to come out and force a three and out. Like you have to. Like, I think the thing with this fast start situation, whether we're talking defense or offense, like, I think you just have to get off the field either way. Like, like stop yes, them, get a yes. three now, get build momentum. If you're on offense, get down the field, get a Jaron deep ball, like get that momentum built. And I think that's, that's where BYU thrives. I mean, Jaron has said it repeatedly on, on, you know, media interviews or whatever. Like he said it over and over that, that when they play at pace, they're much better. They find their flow. And that, to me, is what, what A-Rod and the boys need to work on. Like, everyone wants to talk about Tuiaki and the defense, but let's talk about 
the offense and in the pace with which they play. Because I know we've had comments in the comments section on this show about how, you know, there were third and 10 and we're thrown behind the line of scrimmage. You can't be third and 10 against Notre Dame and think you're going to win that game. So no. to me, yeah, you do need to stop the run because I agree with you. Notre Dame's going to have to run it to win it. But, but at the same time, who cares if you stop the run if you're putting up 30 points? I mean, I have to think that 30 points in this game is enough. So that's why I say either way, you just have to play good in that first quarter. Yep. All right. Let's get some of your comments in here. Ken Williams, good morning to you, my friend. Uh, Jesse Harsh says, is Mad Max the best nickname in college football? Maximus. I Maximus. think it's just Maximus, dude. Maximus, Maximus, Maximus. Like he's he is. I mean, that is one of the more enjoyable That's the interviews stuff of we've legends. Done, if man. you can get in Lavelle when he picks sixes to get the Maximus chant like on the loudspeaker. Yeah, I think you. Uh, I think you absolutely need that. Uh, Brent Burnett says, "How many sacks will Max get against Notre Dame?" Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, "42." Mm, that seems a little low. I want it. Uh, you know, you know, it is what it is. Um. Brent Burnett says, "Ask who's missing on injuries." We, yeah, you don't ask players about injuries. Um, it puts them in a, it puts them in an also, it puts them in a, Precarious in an awkward situation. situation. Yeah. Uh, Ken Williams says, uh, "BYU needs to improve on stopping the run. They are getting gashed there." Truth. Uh, My Jazz fan says, "Loving this interview. Great work, Monty, with these questions, giving the people what they want to know. Trying, right? Trying." Um, Brent Burnett says, "Mad Max." Boyd Lake says, does Max see himself as a linebacker or safety in the NFL? Ooh, that's a good question. We'll try to get him back on. Um, San Diego State says, are you not entertained? Yes. He's got that on his, he's got that on his, on his uh, Twitter, I think it is. Yeah. But one of his quotes that he uses is, what you do in this life echoes in eternity. Yes. Which is obviously one of the all-time lines. Uh, you know, Riley O'Brien, good morning to you. He says, just a absolutely outstanding interview. Thank you. Um, Quintus? No, it's not Quintus. Commodus. Commodus. Thank you. Commodus. Thank you. Uh, Carlin uh, says, it's always, it always blows my mind how my perception changes when players get humanized by a good interview. Oh, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Jansen says, if he gets another pick six at home, uh, at a home game, I will chant Maximus. <laughs> I sit right by the rock. Let's so go. I'm sure I could get the rock to chant that name. You got to do it. You got you to. You have to you do have it. You have to. You have to do it. Please. Uh, Giggity says communist. Boyd Lake says communist. Uh, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Kendall says uh, Thule is a safety in the NFL, in my opinion. I totally agree. I think he is built. I thought he was really good. He handled my question about the javelin in the shoe really, really well. Really well, yeah. Like he, he was, the fact that he admitted he knew he was probably going to get penalized mid-throw was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, I you know. That was amazing. Uh, Riley O'Brien says, Monty's showing how to interview, asking difficult questions with respect. I love the Monty show. Great stuff. Thanks, Riley. Appreciate you. Uh, amazing how players flip when you barely touch their shoe. Like, it, you can't throw that shoe. You have to. <laughs> Listen, you have to throw that shoe, but you cannot throw that shoe. <laughs> That's 15 yards, man. Yep. 15 yards. Dallin Sproul says, will be a 50-50 split, in my opinion, will feel like a BYU home game. I think BYU fans are well, travel really Here's well. what I think is really interesting. I think that because BYU is rolling with a black uniform for this game at a, at a black stadium like Allegiant, because it's the Raiders, obviously, that could be a really interesting dynamic in this game. Mm. Like, like yeah. they like the Raiders when they built that stadium intentionally went with like the mostly black layout and look and aesthetic. And I think that could be a really interesting dynamic. 
I know this Notre Dame team really well, man. BYU's got to stop the run. It's the beginning and the end of this game. Yeah, it it, it just it just is. I, I I look at what Utah State did to BYU. Utah State came out and ran, 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 but ran, man, ran, 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 and ran and ran. Pass, run, 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 run. Play action, pass. Like in the first half, that's how they were getting those big, yes, those big plate. Like they ran the ball at nauseum. And you understand why? Because Wyoming, before Wyoming, look at look at what Oregon did. How many times was a Max Tooley or a defender in the backfield with first contact and the play goes for eight yards? How many times? It, and it, it, I'm not saying it's easy to tackle in college football. I'm not it, because it's not. Um, you know, it, it, I just think it's yeah, it's one of those things that to me. It, mm, that's going to be a tough game. Teddy Wayman says, I think BYU loses by two scores. It could be. I mean, I, I, listen, you're not going to survive long if you do not stop the run, tackle well against Notre Dame. You're yes. just Because they, listen, whether Notre Dame is well coached at this point, whether Tommy Reese is a good offensive coordinator, throw it all out the window. Notre Dame's got athletes. Notre Dame can run. They're fast. If you just go back in and look at any of their games, whether they won like North Carolina, they were track stars. But if you go back and look at the games that they've lost, they've been really fast. They just didn't execute. And every week now, Notre Dame's executing a little better. You've got to come out fast. You cannot come out flat. And it would be great to get a turnover. If you can get a turnover in the first 15 minutes of this game, not even that, the first seven minutes of this game, you're you're going to be in the driver's seat. Yeah. Brent Burnett says, I like to see more passing. Hate it when they run it um, when they're hot passing. Well, you're going to live and die with Jaron Hall. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, Jansen says, I'll, I will say it now, and I'll say it again on Friday. BYU 31, Notre Dame 24. I like that score a lot. It's a good score. I think that is a, a – the probability of that is is pretty high, in my opinion. Boyd Lake says, Jaron does some NIL stuff. I like the shirt commercials. He does a lot of NIL stuff. Fat Jesus says, each week you should tell him about one of your benchmarks in the gym so we can uh, see him laugh. Truth. Get your lazy ass in the gym. No. Uh, M. Alvarez says, Monty, thank you for not taking it easy in the interview. I think that's something that in Salt Lake City is is a surprise. I think you have to ask specific questions. And if you – you can't just come out and ask Max Tooley, hey, why'd you throw that shoe? Like, you have to – a certain way to do that. Hey, is, is Tuiaki taking too much heat? You know, like, why? what specifically are you guys doing that's hurting you? In the, like, there's ways to ask questions that get you a better answer. Yeah. Now asking about his hair and asking him about London and you want to get to know somebody. Yeah. You know, you want to ask him about, you know, mullets versus mohawks because it became personal with me. These guys all have things they care about. His hair is very, if you follow him on Instagram, which you should, he's, it's very clearly something he cares about. Yeah. You know, and absolutely he's, that. And by the way, he's a hell of a football player. The guy is, the guy is really good. Uh, Dallin Sproul says, ha ha, clip that at a black stadium. Hey man, the silver and black is real at Allegiant. Yeah. Like it is. That's a Raider stadium. No yes. doubt. Uh, talking with Raphael podcast says, uh, I think BYU will win against Notre Dame. We'll see. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, beatable. Only thing they do is run it. So predictable. Yeah. But if you can't stop the run and I think BYU can, the problem is, I think you have to let this this secondary play more. Yeah. You can't keep this three drop eight thing. I hate it. I it just it it 
It doesn't work. I think it puts guys in more of a position to fail. You have really good athletic linebackers. Let the Tuleys and the Wilgers of the world eat. Let those guys play. Feature them. Uh, you you got to get Malik Moore back this week. But, you know, let, thankfully gave Julie, Judy Lolly. By the way, I don't know how many people saw that. He had a targeting penalty against Utah State overturned on appeal yeah. by BYU. So he is eligible right out of the gate against uh, the Irish. So Gabe Judalali will be playing there. Hopefully Malik Moore is good to go. Max Tooley, like you have Look, at, at some the point, talent. These, dude, these guys are going to have to step up in the secondary at some point. Like, and, and I'm not saying that they're they're afraid of that moment or anything like that. I, I, I think that when when we say you got to let them play, I think that's exactly right. Like you got to let these guys do their job. And if they fail, that's part of sports. But but I think this concept of dropping eight constantly, that's why you're getting eaten up because you're playing dime against the run on first yes. down. That's the problem. Like, you can't do that. You need to be in in your bigger stuff on first down to play against the run. Like, it, it, it's beyond me that Max Tooley misses a tackle and that the next like the next defender you're not seeing another defender for probably a second and a half two seconds which in football time is an eternity like there should be another guy right on him you know and and it's Has not to there be. because they're 20 yards back that's the problem so to me i just think it's schematic stuff but like max said i think they do have to get back to basics and they got to form tackle. You got to you got to eat. I I think that's exactly the the right way to say it. And you got to trust that Max isn't going to miss. I, I don't know how many tackles he missed, but let's just call it five tackles. You you got to trust he's not going to keep missing tackles. Yeah, I, and I think he, you you got to ride or die with these guys. Yeah. I mean, these are the guy Max Tooley is is one of your best defenders. Um I I think the secondary, I think the secondary has been much better as he talked about with maturity. You got to get this front seven right. And once they do that, and hopefully it's this week in Vegas, because if not, it's going to be a very but tough road to hoe. But you see my point. Like the front seven, it's not like you're playing a traditional four-three, right? Like no, that, it's not different. At all. You're you're you only have three guys on the line. A lot of times you have two backs behind them, so that's five, and the rest of your boys are DBs. Well, and you're not even playing a three-four scheme. It's not yeah. like you're, you know, it's not like. It's it's just interesting. We'll see how it evolves. Kalani's an awfully good head coach. I think Chuyaki's a very good defensive mind. Like we'll see what what they have in store for Notre Dame. And at some point, players are just going to have to play the game, dude. If I'm Notre, or I'm sorry, if I'm BYU, I'm playing man coverage across the board just in the first quarter. I'm playing man, and I'm stacking the box, and I'm yeah. saying, hey, you're going to have to beat us through the air. And once you show us you can do that then, okay, we'll we'll step back a little bit and give you some room to run. But I'm not just going to allow Notre Dame to come out and hand the football off. That's not happening. Yeah, totally agree. Biggest stories in sports presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Uh, every day, um, Quick Quack Car Wash sponsors the biggest stories in sports. I'm telling you right now, um, if you are in need of a car wash, if you're a guy that, like me, I'm a car guy. I am a car wash guy. I'm telling you, there's no better joint. Uh, then Quick Quack Car Wash. And by the way, maybe buy your wife or your girlfriend a subscription. Plato, I have no idea. Lipstick. Apparently my car door looks like a canvas. Quick Quack. It's my saving grace. No one else needs to know the madness of my door. There you go. Quick Quack Car Wash brings you the uh, biggest stories in sports right here on the Monty Show. Um, and I don't think there's any doubt, you know, running up to this weekend, BYU, the Gabe Judy Ollie overturn on the, the, the targeting I thought was really critical. Big deal. Uh, that's a big deal for that secondary. So, yeah. uh, we'll see, 
You know, I think 31-24 is a pretty good line. We'll talk about that. Uh, obviously, we'll have locks for you on Friday uh, as we move closer to that. But I, I think this story with the Big Ten and Amazon, this is brilliant from Amazon. And Amazon isn't a uh, billion-dollar behemoth um, approaching trillions, by the way, um, for no reason. I think when you look at what Amazon's doing with the Big Ten, sources in Chicago told us yesterday uh, that the Big Ten and Amazon are deep into talks and one of the things that Amazon Sports has proposed to the Big Ten as a streaming partner is filming, creating, producing a hard knock style show for the biggest game of the week in the Big Ten. So if it's Michigan, Ohio State, you're going to get hard knock style programming on that game um, the week leading up to it. And, you know, obviously the bigger part of this is not that they want to do hard knocks, but part of that, that, you know, show would be creating a fund uh, to give money to players that appear on that show through NIL. So they would create a separate initiative that would fund player compensation. And it's not going to be thousands of dollars. It's going to be hundreds of dollars. But when you rotate schools throughout the Big Ten for a hard knock show and you're giving, you know, the, the, the top player or the top star on that team, hey, here's $250 because you're going to do an interview on this Hard Knock style show. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. And in these TV and streaming deals, NIL has not typically been in their contracts. This is groundbreaking from Amazon. And I think that it's exactly why BYU is so far ahead of the game because they're already doing this kind of content. Don't you so know now, who I am? Is it at all a surprise that you see the Big Ten and Amazon doing something similar, but they're really taking the next step by funding NIL for players participating in the show? Jake, I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the, the greatness of it is it benefits everybody involved. I mean, whether we're talking about the player, whether we're talking about Amazon, the institution, you know, I mean, everybody is going to benefit from this. And frankly, as a fan, I, I think that the, the greatness of this is you're already trained that Amazon Prime subscription means that you can go to Amazon to find um, shows, that you can find unique stuff. I, I, I mean, there's any number of examples, but to me, I would have no problem opening up the TV, flipping on the Amazon Prime app and seeing, you know, inside BYU or all access BYU football or what, you know, whatever, or all access Michigan or, you know, Ohio State. I mean, that would get a ton of viewership. I, I think the next hurdle that's going to have to be overcome by Amazon um, that I think is staring them right in the face is this concept of, hey, you know, all right, we've got NFL on Amazon on Thursday nights. But then I've also got the Jazz on TV or I've got, you know, right. whatever game you right. want to watch on TV and you can't easily flip from Amazon Thursday night to that game and back. You have to get out of the app and then you got to go to DirecTV and then you got to go to the channel. And so you wind up missing all this action. So that to me is the next big hurdle. So to me, Amazon's going to continue to move in this direction where you're going to bring premium, unique content, but then also they, I would not be surprised if they rolled out like, you know, relationships with, you know, the ESPNs and all the major players. So you don't have to keep flipping. That's what I think the next big thing is. Well, and I think the other part of this story is that really, you, you, you know, we're hearing that Fox and ESPN are really pushing the Big 12 and the Pac-12 to consolidate, which is another word for merge. Yeah. Um, ESPN and, the, and, and Fox, I think, would really like to see a consolidation of clubs between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 because that gives ESPN and Fox the content that they need to fill the gaps they currently have. 
Obviously, Fox has a big, big commitment to the Big Ten. They own the Big Ten Network. But you look at ESPN, ESPN saved a boatload of cash on the SEC deal they did. You look at the the, the Fox deal with, with the Big Ten, Fox did not save a bunch of money, but you have this balance. And I think this also, A, um, is why you have uh, Fox telling the Pac-12 that they're not currently, you know, they don't currently have interest in negotiating for tier one rights with the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, and essentially Fox has walked away from negotiations right now with the Pac-12 because Fox does not necessarily need a late game window. Fox has that relationship with NBC Sports where we are going to get Pac-12 Saturday night uh, or that, excuse me, Big Ten Saturday night which where do you think that's going to end up? That's yeah. going to be UCLA and USC playing Ohio State, playing Michigan, playing those big headline games are going to be on NBC Sports yes. is where you're going to see that. So the Big Ten is thriving. Therefore, Fox is thriving in that deal. I also don't think, based on what I've been told, that Fox has a whole bunch of money that they're just looking to throw all over town, yeah. which is, I also think, not great news for the Big 12 which is also part of this conversation about who really is in a better position TV-wise, the Big 12 or the Pac-12. I think it's pretty obvious that the Pac-12 is on life support, which defaults to Big 12 being in a better position. But do not kid yourself. As deadly and as, as I think, bleak as the future is for the Pac-12, the Big 12 has to take decisive action. I was also told yesterday by a TV source that ESPN and the Big 12 have not had big-time, deep conversations about a TV deal. We heard several weeks ago that the Big 12 was going to open up TV negotiations with their, their partners early. Fox and the Big 12 have not talked at all. ESPN and the Big 12, I'm told, have had very cursory, surface-level conversations. One of the things that the Big 12 is trying to achieve here is a valuation of its current and incoming members to see exactly what each one of those schools is worth and what a potential TV deal could look like with ESPN. But the thing that's so interesting to me is that ESPN has really put a hard cap on the on the Pac-12. I think that number is $200 million a year. Mm -hmm. I think it's a billion dollars over five years from reading the tea leaves and hearing the things I've been told. I think that's the maximum. I don't see it at $24 million anymore. I don't see it at, at, at some huge $50 million number. ESPN, I think, has told the Pac-12, hey, we're at $16 million per school. That's it. I think they would push to $20 million. I do, honestly. I think they do a 200, uh, you know, a, a $200 million per year deal over five years. But here's the problem, and I say this every day. Who in the Pac-12 is going to sign that grant of rights? Yeah. Because if you're Cal, does that help you dig out of this supposed financial hole that, you know, George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, wrote on the back of an envelope and did all this mathematician crap that he says he did? And he says that UCLA leaving the conference is a death knoll for Cal? Well, does that help Cal if you negotiate even a $20 million per year cash influx through TV deal? I got news for you. It does not. That hurts Cal more than it helps Cal. And this is why I continue to say that the Big 12 is in the driver's seat. If the Big 12 adds the corner schools, Colorado, Arizona, plural, yeah. and yeah. Utah, and then you're able to go out and pursue a San Diego State, maybe you're able to go out and pursue a Boise State, this puts you in a far better position to leverage Fox and ESPN for a better TV deal. 
sources in television have continued to tell me that the Big 12 is the conference that's at $50 million. The Pac-12 is at 16 to 20. I don't see any way that this works out in the positive for the Pac-12. I still do not see it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Couldn't have laid about better myself. All right, let's get your thoughts on this. Oh, oh the bots are in the chat. Dang. And we haven't even gotten uh, to colonoscopies yet. And yet the bots are in the chat. Can you believe that? Brutal. Absolutely brutal. But I will report them. I have yes. removed them from the channel. Excellent work. We are here to keep you guys porn free on the Monty Show. There you go. Um, let's see what you guys are saying. Jansen says, if Amazon Prime can get a big sports broadcast company like ESPN to let Amazon stream their content and you can flip between two games at a time, everyone in America would get a Prime account. That's what I'm saying. But I don't know, and this is the this is the question. Is Amazon trying to start a TV network? That doesn't feel like what Amazon's trying to do. Amazon has Amazon Sports, right? They've got NFL on Thursday night. They're not trying to do YouTube TV. I think what Amazon's trying to do is grow their Amazon Prime base because you get Amazon Prime Video. They're offering Amazon Prime Video a la carte, but why wouldn't you just subscribe to Amazon Prime to get it? I don't think they want to be a TV network. What Amazon wants, in my opinion, is exclusive one-off content like Big Ten football, <clears throat> third-tier streaming rights, but they make up for that being third-tier position with Hard Knocks Big Ten-style programming that helps both the player and the, the conference because then the player is involved. When the player knows they're making money, the player is going to be more active, more of an, a willing participant. I think that's where Amazon wins. And by the way, Amazon is a, a cutting-edge technology company. And the other thing that they are, whether, whether they want to call themselves this or not, they're a sales organization. Whether they're selling Amazon Prime, Amazon Video, whether they're selling you, uh, you know, buy two, get one free, you yeah, know, widgets. Yeah, value packs. Yeah, it's a value pack of widgets for your mom. Yeah. Like, if that's what Amazon's selling, <laughs> at its core, Amazon is a sales company. Yeah. And if they have Big Ten football on their stream exclusively, that's going to make them money. They can sell advertisers into I that. Want more. They're they're if they're getting eleven million people to the TV on Thursday night to watch Prime Video football, which is what they got last week, dude. They're making money hand over fist on yes. that deal. They're they're and you can the other thing you can see is I think Amazon's already improving their technical aspects yes. on the broadcast. Is Kirk Herbstreet the long-term fit? No. But if you get Big Ten football, is Kirk Herbstreet a, a fit to call Big Ten football on Amazon? Oh. oh, I would say he is. An Ohio State alum, I would absolutely say he is. Listen, even if they just find the happy medium of having, you know, the big Big Ten matchup or the SEC game or whatever, I just, I will still maintain that, yeah, they don't need to be a full-on DirecTV caliber TV provider where you've got the Tupperware channel next to Big Ten football. But what I will yes. say is that you can't have this scenario where you're trying to grow and you want people to come to, to Amazon Prime for really big-time football, you know, college and NFL, but then ask them to, to go from streaming to cable to streaming to cable. That, to me, is just the little dynamic oh. you have to figure out. Like, if you have... Thursday night, but then on Saturdays, you've got like four or five big games, then I think that works a little better. So I think it's just a happy medium. Yeah, you know what's interesting is, uh, first of all, Zesty Retro Game says, good morning, I'm changing a flat tire. 
Dang. Dude, bummer. Sorry to hear that, bro. Be safe out there. But Mike Maples makes a really interesting point here. NFL Sunday ticket is deal is up for grabs. It is. If a streaming service could get that, they could own streaming overall. Apple or Amazon seems like the best suitor. I think the best suitor is the NFL. Because what's the NFL already doing? The NFL is already giving you exclusive content on their app. Yeah. And my feeling is that they already have NFL Network, NFL Radio. My guess is the Sunday ticket is is going to be offered as a package or a la carte games through the NFL app. That'd be my guess. Nobody's told me that. I don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. I do know that the NFL has spent over a billion dollars in in content distribution infrastructure in the last 18 months. They're spending heavy. They're not spending that money for no reason. You know. So my guess is they know what DirecTV's made. My guess is you're going to see the NFL offer NFL Sunday ticket. I could be totally wrong about that, but we'll see. Brent Burnett says, Amazon is the mob. Love to rip off third-party sellers. Well, maybe, but you know. He says, hate flat tires. Try AAA. I don't ever change my own flat tire, though. I'm very proud of myself. Last week when we got back from Hawaii, I changed a battery in the Jeep. That was two weeks ago. Was it? Yeah. Already. My hands got dirty. It was amazing. Good, good, good. Well By done. By the way, that's one of the heaviest batteries I've ever tried to pick up. That's like 50 pounds. Ever. Football, 50 and 60 seconds. Uh, Kay Nuren says, Amazon is the new money. The Big 12 needs this money. They do. Question for you guys, Zestes says, do you think uh, Kansas is making their brand more appealing for the Big 10? I think Kansas is trying to make their brand more appealing across the board for anybody that'll listen. And I think hiring... The, the Leopold is a coach moving that football program forward, I think was absolute brilliance. No doubt about it. Uh, uh, San Diego State says Amazon will continue to figure it out. Remember, they started out just selling books online in the early 90s. Look at them now. Jeff yeah. Bezos in his garage yeah. with his wife who he cheated on and she dumped his ass. Uh, Boyd Lake says NFL plus for the win. Exactly right. NFL plus uh, for the win. Uh, football 50, 10 of the hour. Every hour on the Monty Show is presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. The Jacko Pizza is back, baby. Let's go. Download the Papa Murphy's app right now. Use the promo code Monty25. Monty25 to get you 25% off your order of $25 or more. Rachel Nichols um, is coming up in 10 minutes. I want to play this video for you. Rachel Nichols talking ESPN and her firing in 10 minutes on the show. But let's talk about um, this situation with Bronco Mendenhall and the Colorado Buffaloes. The Buffs. I love Bronco Mendenhall to the Buffaloes. If he takes that job at Colorado, I think he's a perfect fit there. They need to be relevant again. Um, they are not dissimilar to, to BYU in that it is very difficult to get into Colorado. They are an institution of higher learning. Right. And they used to have a football program, and now they don't. And they are terrible. They fired Carl Durrell this week. They're looking at Bronco Mendenhall as a replacement. Jake, do you like him? Yeah, you know, I think that Bronco is a reliable hire. I think that Bronco is someone who... You know, again, can be in your program for a decade, and that's what I think. You know, Colorado needs. I, I, I think they've been irrelevant. Um, like, when who's the last guy to come out of that program that did anything in the NFL? Yeah, Philip Lindsay. I remember him too. So, to me, that program has been heading in the wrong direction. So, yeah, I do like him for the job. I think Bronco could do some great things. That said, I also think you have to consider the fact that you know Colorado as a program is it's in a, a bad it's spot. Colorado, please. Colorado. 
is in a bad spot, man. Like, you've got all this conference realignment talk happening, you know, expansion or otherwise, and you're just not a good program. Yeah, and I think you're watching the world spin around you. And if you're Colorado, you need, uh, you absolutely need to make a hire. Uh, by the way, anybody notice that Tua Tungavailoa ruled out for week five against Zachy Poo and the Jets. So they're actually taking his concussion seriously. This is an embarrassing but thing, man. I, I guess the question I have is, is the NFL taking concussions seriously? Because I don't feel like they are. No. We now know there are multiple guys who played after getting concussions last week they or the last couple looked, of dude, weeks. They wouldn't have looked into this if it wasn't for Tua literally having a brain seizure on the field, man. Yeah. Like, let's be really honest about this. That There's no way the NFL would have looked into this just of their own will like it takes an event like this for something to happen in the league and i and it, it's so beyond me that that the nfl continues to put pen to paper to write rules and they never enforce the rules man and and i i think when people are having you know brain issues at 50 years old and dying and you're getting sued because of that i would expect that to be enough reason to look into it but it wasn't so yeah, I don't think they're taking concussions seriously, and I I do empathize and really feel for Tua because this whole concept of, hey, the football player is always going to ask to go back into the game because it's their livelihood, it's what they're supporting their family with, but at the same time, it's literally killing them right before our eyes. Like, that's an incredibly difficult situation, which tells me the Joe Schmo neurologist that just botched the whole thing that's I don't care about him. This is on the NFL. You have to be better. Yeah, football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Here's a question for you. Did you see Antonio Brown trolling Tom Brady and Giselle's Bunchton with this picture of him hugging Giselle and, like, taking a shot at her? Like, is Antonio Brown at all relevant? Like, do you He's care? He's mentally ill is what he is. He is not well. I mean, this whole thing about... Being, so, wait, let me get this right. So, a couple days ago, you were in a pool, fully nude, exposing yourself to... In Dubai, of all places! To, to women and doing whatever the hell you think you can do. And now we're getting this whole story about how he took a picture or posted a picture hugging Giselle, apparently, when... At the, the when, when Tampa won the Super Bowl, Antonio Brown and Giselle hugged. And he, he clearly is making reference to, hey, me and Giselle's Bunston and But, like, this is an epic troll job from Antonio Brown. Yeah. Come on now. I've lost a lot of respect for him, man. I've well, lost a lot of respect I mean, for this him. goes back to him posting, you know, video, live Facebook videos in the Sealers locker yeah, room. Yeah, like, I, I, there was a time where I felt like, okay, this guy made some mistakes, but he's one of the best to ever do it when he was a Steeler. And now it just feels like he's fallen so far from where he was, man. It's really sad. It is. I mean, with that craziness that happened with him walking off the field for, uh, for I guess it in that was in New York as a as a Tampa Bay Buck. Yeah, as a Buck yeah. with under Arians. I just don't understand that whole thing, man. Like it, 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 it's unfortunate. But yeah, did you hear this story about? Ant I believe it was in Dubai. Antonio Brown just pulled out his old friend and like was waving it around to people he put he pushed like one no woman under the water like he he was basically sexually harassing people I, in the I, pool. And, and for some reason this is not that big of a deal and I don't understand it and Robert Griffin the third made a tweet about how 
you know, Antonio Brown was showing more D than the Jets were and got a lot of heat on Twitter for that. And, like, it just it's just not low funny. cash stuff. Not dude. funny. Yeah. Not funny at all. Uh, let's get your uh, comments in here. Tanner Plummer says, A.B. and Zachy Puno, uh, that now is the chance to get Giselle's punched in. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that could be. Yeah. That, that, that could be. Uh, Fat Jesus says, who's crazier, Antonio or Kanye? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, no I'm proud. Yeah, no comment. Boyd Lake says, the pool video was a few months ago, just released recently. Oh, I didn't hear that. So that was not real. Okay. He still, he still did it. He's still waving the flag around, you know, um, is what it is. Uh, let's see. Zesty says, thanks for answering the questions. Appreciate you guys and all the shows. Appreciate you, man. Um, Boyd Lake says, the seizures are not fun to watch. Always hate seeing it. Oh, I, I yeah, don't dude, think there's any really doubt. Yeah, dude, it's really sad. Yep. Brett Burnett says, players need to own their own health. What else? Uh, what happened to pro-choice? The players know the risk of the game. The players lie to the medical staff. But... If you're a guy and, and you're 22 years old, Tua Tungabailoa, what else is he going to do in this life? He knows it's this season or bust. It's generational wealth. We're, we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. Of course you're going to say you're fine when you're not. I mean, it's it's your kids, kids, kids that we're talking about here. I mean, it, it, I think it's very you – can't, you can't do that, in my opinion. Uh, love to hear Bronco say, go play intramuros, brother. Oh, that's one, of the, that's one of the greatest drops ever. Go play intramurals, brother. Yeah, that's the old uh, Colorado coach. Yeah. Yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, Jerem Tracy says, uh, a forced NFL apology is not an apology at all. No, it's not. Agreed. I, told, I totally agree. Kay Nuren says, Zach needs an O-line help before he becomes Tua or killed. I think Zach Epu needs to stay within himself. I think if Zach Wilson wants to have a long-term viable NFL career, He's shown that he can do that, but he's got to stop with hero ball. Yeah. He puts himself in, in positions to get injured. It, I mean, it, it's just that simple. I, I, I don't know why. I don't know. It is yeah. what it is. I, yeah. I, I just, it, it's amazing to me um, that we continue to have to have those kind of conversations. Like, he's got to stop playing hero ball. It, it's that simple. Uh, Kay also says, too, and maybe the next Steve Young out of the NFL. Let's hope not. Let's absolutely hope not. Hey, Mont, could you tell they – could you yell they cut people's heads off for old time's sake? Nah, not today. Not today. Uh, what's going on with Alvin Kamara? He used to give me 40 points a week. Hope all is well. Well, that's probably out the window. He yeah. can't stay healthy. Yeah. And and th that Saints offense is incredibly dysfunctional. Yeah. Incredibly dysfunctional. Uh, Mike Maple says, in sports overall, players often need to be protected from themselves at every level. That's a fact. Absolutely, Agreed. that's a fact. Agreed. There, there, is just, there is just no doubt about that. You've got to protect the player uh, from themselves. Football at 50, 10 to the hour, every hour, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. 911, what's your emergency? Something is in my house. I'm sorry, say again? I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, ma'am, can you describe it for me? It smells like golden crust, freshly shredded cheese and pepperoni. Ma'am. Ma'am, we've traced the smell, and it's coming from inside your oven. What do you mean? It's a Papa Murphy's Jacko pizza, and it's just $10. Ah, amazing. Papa Murphy's. Papa Murphy's. Maximus. Maximus. Uh, Papa Murphy's <laughs> Pizza presents uh, Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, Right here on the Monty Show, which, as always, is presented by our good friends at the Advocates, Utah 
advocates.com. All right, let's get into this Rachel Nichols situation. Um, this is some fascinating stuff. And I think anytime you get a behind the scenes look at somebody like Rachel Nichols, and for those of you who don't remember, Rachel Nichols was fired from ESPN, essentially. Um, she was caught on tape uh, talking about um, you know ESPN's diversity issues and you know all of uh, around Maria Taylor getting NBA opportunities and whatnot. Yeah. Um, she went on all the smoke podcast with Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes, and I, I I will leave it right there because I I think Rachel Nichols speaks quite well for herself uh, when she talked about her exodus. From ESPN. And Maria Taylor ended up getting the NBA countdown job. I really wanted to make an effort to welcome her, to open my door to her. I sent her flowers when she got the job because I was really, really happy for her. Mm. I got a phone call asking me, would I step aside for Maria to host the NBA finals and have me go back to being a sideline reporter? And they stressed it was my choice. They weren't telling me to do this because it was in my contract. But they were putting a lot of pressure on me. You know, I was being told, well, you're not a team player, which any woman in business knows is code, right? Women are supposed to be kumbaya and team players and helpful and men are aggressive sharks and all of that. And this time I was also getting ready to leave for the bubble and went down there. And it was a different set of equipment than I had been using to broadcast at home. So my very first day, I'm there, I'm using the new equipment and... I didn't know that if you leave a particular app running in the background, that the line from my hotel room, looking into my hotel room, to Bristol would stay open. Unfortunately, that entire time, nobody back at ESPN told me that there was an open line to my hotel room and anyone who looked at the feed could see me. No one shut it off decided, oh, she clearly doesn't know she's being watched unpacking or doing all these other things. Um, and at least one person uh, decided to just sit and watch. I called Maria Taylor incredibly talented. Then I said, I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football. She covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you, ESPN, are feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side, well, then go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You're not going to find it from me taking my thing away. This is in my contract. This job is in my contract in writing. Ooh, yeah. That's two minutes of pain uh, on both sides of this. I, I I don't know that this is a believe it or not believe it story, but I think the firing of Rachel Nichols was one of the most controversial stories in sports during the, you know, the the bubble and the the post bubble situation. Um, I can tell you this: having worked in major network television and having broadcast remotely, a lot of this is on Rachel as a professional. You have to know that when you have a camera and audio feed back to Bristol, you have to assume it is always live. I know just about every ESPN personality I know that broadcasts from their home, and a lot of them do it. They cover the camera on their computer or on their, they they have these, these I mean, they have these camera device type things that they set up in your house. Um, they cover those and they unplug the audio cable. I know so many ESPN talent that do that yeah. because they're avoiding this situation. This is not something that's new. It's not nefarious on, be behalf, on ESPN's behalf. 
Rachel Nichols has to know better than this. Where it becomes a problem is the person on the other end that was watching and recording Rachel. Yeah. Because she claims that she had no idea that it was live audio video the entire time the app was open. A, yes, you did. B, if somebody is, 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 and let's assume Rachel had no idea. That means that there is a producer or director or somebody in the control room in Bristol watching that feed, watching her take a bath or a shower, watching her change her clothes, watching her unpack, watching her do whatever it is she was doing. I mean, that's where the problem comes in. Yeah. The other problem you got to remember is this video wasn't released through ESPN. It's not like whoever videotaped this feed went to ESPN and was like, hey, look what I got. <laughs> it was released to the tabloids who then published it. And I'm sure they paid whoever provided it to them a handsome sum for it. So this is dirty all the way around. Yeah, Rachel's got to know better. Whoever this person was that released the video is a POS, in my opinion. You're just not a good person. Um, you have no business working in our industry. But Rachel isn't wrong that television is about young, hipper, hotter women. And I think when you look at Maria Taylor, there are few talented women that are better at their jobs than Maria Taylor. She is excellent. The irony is neither Maria nor Rachel is still at ESPN. Yep. Maria's at NBC. Rachel Nichols, by the way, it was announced, is now at Showtime mm -hmm. doing NBA. That came out this week, which is why I think she went on this podcast. I know this just I think this just sucks all the way around and I don't understand why she's talking about it. Yeah, you know, that's that's kind of my thing. I, I I mean, I understand wanting to tell your story, but but at the same time, if I was if I was Rachel, like I kind of would want to just be focused on the positive and moving forward and in, you know, just letting this issue go. I mean, that that to me is what I would be focused on. So, you know, I, I have to agree, like, you know, you, you, you do have to cover the camera. You do have to unplug the audio cable like those are things that you have to do when there is an outlet that is posted up inside your your space, your private quarters. You like that's just a dynamic at play in the industry. And and I yeah, I do agree. Any professional knows that. That is just an obvious unspoken really type yeah. thing. You just do that just like you put gas in your car. That's just how it is. And I feel like ESPN is in a no-win situation here. It it is it is shocking because a lot of women in 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 Rachel Nichols' situation would never have gotten another job, rightly or wrongly. A lot of women would have never gotten another job. She is not young. That is that is certain. And in in the television industry, young and beautiful is what is valued mm -hmm. more. And I would say it's more it's what is valued more than talent or capability on camera as a talent. There is no doubt about that. I completely disagree that Maria Taylor was hired because she's black. I think Maria Taylor was hired because she's wonderful and very talented on air. Yeah. She is wonderfully talented is what I was trying to say. She is an excellent on air talent. Yeah. And I think what she's doing at NBC on Sunday night football is fantastic. That's why she was, she was hired. I think what this shows is that Rachel Nichols is acutely aware that she's on the clock as a female in TV. Yeah. Again, rightly or wrongly. How many old women do you see on TV doing sports or entertainment? Well, I think you have to have a brand. I mean, that's how that's how you continue well, to do that. And I and I think that you know, I, I yeah, I, I think that you know, Aaron Andrews is a good example of this. Like Aaron Andrews had a whole 
you know, peeping Tom scandal, you know, where she, through no fault of her own, was in the tabloids. And I think that that's the the difference here is like you have to have a a brand that lives on and allows you yes. to continue to leverage the audience. But did you? I, I mean, like, was Rachel Nichols somebody that you looked forward to seeing on the jump? Was she, I, it's like, just someone I expected even before the jump. It like when I was growing up, Rachel Nichols was the sideline reporter. She was the 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 you know like like her red hair and her look and her motif is what you would expect on. ESPN holidays, ESPN on ABC, like the Lakers Celtics series, like, you know, you would expect her. And and you that's would. for me. So me growing up, yeah, Rachel Nichols was the the person doing the reporting on the sidelines. But I think that, you know, yeah, Rachel kind of transformed from sideline reporter to in studio person. And that kind of changed for me. I didn't, you know, I, my opinion is I didn't really enjoy Rachel as an in studio talent if i'm being honest like the jump stuff I, she wasn't enough on the jump to keep me on the jump like i was just like oh okay yeah she's sort of the host she kind of keeps it on track and that's about it but as a sideline reporter she had me like she was dynamic she was really good at that so you know I, yeah. it's just the nature of the beast will on twitter says media is dying it's no different than radio which is dead it's no different tv is dead who watches tv anymore well i got news for you I don't disagree with you on radio. I twer I tweeted a thing this morning about it. Like, I do largely believe that you know, on the whole, radio is 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 dead. But it's not because people don't listen to the radio. And I think this is a huge distinction. I think people would listen to the radio if there were professional radio talent on the radio. Yeah. But look at Salt Lake City. How many shows? How many times will it happen that we're driving somewhere and Jake will be like, "Dude, can we turn this off? It's terrible." Yeah. And and he's not wrong. It's because you don't have dynamic personalities on the radio. And there's an article this morning about how, um, you know, radio is not getting its its due share of advertising revenue. There's a reason that if you look at, you know, if you look at advertisers, they're not spending their money on radio. They're spending their money on stream. If you look at people that are, are used to advertise on TV, they're not. They're spending their money on stream because people watch stream video more than they listen to the radio, exponentially more than they listen to the radio. Yeah. And the younger demos that are now in their peak spending years don't watch as much sports on TV. They want sports content streamed on their phone, which is why we get stories like Amazon and the Big Ten. The bottom line is, is Rachel Nichols really a compelling talent that you're like, yeah, I got to find Showtime basketball? Well, probably I not. I, I, I think it depends. See, here's my thing. I think Rachel would be really good like, like, you know, it, during training camp, like if it, it all depends on how you cut it and how you make the video look itself. Like, again, if she's in a booth or just sitting in a chair with a guy, it's probably not as good. But if you put her in the field or in their environment on a court or in a weightlifting room or whatever, and she's getting like these unique opportunities, then I think it's a lot better. So I'm not trying to paint the picture that it's not in Rachel's control or she doesn't have the ability to make something great. But the fact is, in sports, the optics are what we care about. Yep. Monty in the Morning presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. You've been in an accident and now you're injured. Though it wasn't your fault, you now have to deal with getting your car fixed, mounting medical bills, and insurance companies who don't play fair. But don't worry. The experienced team at the Advocates are here to get you the support you need. Uh, check them out online, utahadvocates.com. You don't pay any money up front. Your consultation's free. There are no retainers. 
You don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Chat with them for free right now at utahadvocates.com. Uh, Jansen says, the only time I listen to the radio, I listen to the pre- and post-game show for BYU football and basketball uh, because Greg Rubel is amazing at what he does, and he was made for calling games. Well, there but you go, compelling personality. Is- exactly what I'm talking about. You wouldn't be listening if it wasn't Greg. No, I totally agree. Caleb Harrison says, makes sense. The phone streaming matters. Yes, it does. But Caleb also says, I looked forward to seeing her for sure. Well, and she has great relationships. I will say that. Rachel, I mean, is very, LeBron James, you need to go no further. Her and LeBron James are very close. Um, She has a very good friendship with him. So uh, I, I don't, I don't, I think she will do quite well at Showtime if she's doing NBA. Uh, Boyd Lake says, radio and other media takes talent and years of hard work to learn how to do it well, just like any craft. But you also need a coach. You know, like I I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, when you're trying to do something that you've never done before, you don't know, you need a coach. If you look at this town as Salt Lake City is a perfect example. How many young radio talent are, are on the air in Salt Lake City? Not many. Look at DJ and PK. Both those guys are in their 70s, I think. If you look at Spence Checkets, he is in his 50s, I think. Um, you look at Bill Riley in his 50s. You look. I mean, there's not young, fresh, new hip. I mean, you look at, at Ben Anderson is probably the youngest guy on the radio. And I can tell you, as somebody who managed Ben Anderson back at 1320K fan, the sports leader, uh, that I we we coached Ben a lot. Um, I think I think Ben is is a really good radio personality. I think Jake has been on the air far too long. Jake Scott, with all due respect, is just not compelling to me. He wanders. He's got no direction. He's got no discipline. They don't stay on topic. He doesn't know what they're talking about. It's amazing to me. And you know, like you look at the guys on the air in Salt Lake City, there's no fresh young hip talent. Nowhere, anywhere. Um, and I've never listened to 960, frankly. I, I I just don't. I don't know that there's young hip talent there. I have no idea. Um, but what I do know is there's nothing on the radio in Salt Lake City compelling enough to get me to flip it on on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. When we're in the car, yes, I flip it on, but nine times out of 10, we wind up listening to a network. We wind up listening to Howard Stern, frankly, because I can get it on demand anytime I want it. And why is that though? Why is it that we can't, continue to listen and it's because too often 10 minutes into the top of the hour you know at you know 10 10 in the morning you're talking about getting your watch stolen out of your car instead of the utah jazz yeah we were talking we were listening to ben and jake the other day and they're talking about how cars are getting broken into and neighborhoods are bad and ben anderson was talking about how his house got broken into and it's like man i i am here because the jazz made a major move I am here because, and you can't get it. You, it, it's, it's remarkable to me. I don't understand it. And I can even respect the fact, like, like you turn on Colin Cowherd, and I would bet my life savings he's talking football. Like you can. What do you say about Get Up every day? Get Up talks about the Dallas Cowboys every single day. And before the Dallas Cowboys, it was Aaron Rodgers every single day. But Get Up is is also got stars. It's people that if 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 Swagoo's talking about. The Dallas Cowboys. If 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 Dan Orlovsky is talking about stepping out of the end zone Dude, or one NFL, of my favorite or... things is Orlovsky and Ryan Clark with tablets in their hands at the screen. I, it's I'm one watching. of my favorite things. I'm, I'm watching. watching that like that that and that's why I'm saying like it it the, but like the thing with Get Up that that like you know a local radio show isn't going to have 
is staff to auto prep them. Like, like I'm sure Dan watches a crap ton of football, both because he enjoys but I, it, I can tell but for you, his job. At ESPN, I can tell you, they are highly prepared. You get emails, you get tape, you get information, you get stats. And you- so my point with that, though, is like with Jake and Ben, the reason that I think the whole, hey, my house is getting broken into is the conversation instead of, Jared Butler being a failure for the Utah Jazz at 10 minutes past the top of the hour. The reason that <laughs> happens is because they're, with all due respect, they're not prepared to the level they need and to be prepared no to. And there's no accountability. Yeah. And that's the thing at ESPN. Like, having worked there, having worked at Fox, I can tell you there's a high level of accountability for performance. You meet multiple times a week at ESPN and you're critiqued. Hey, I, I let's try this. What were you thinking here? And like, by the way, it should be said, I'm not somebody who says I only want to listen to something where I agree with what they're saying. I think some of the best shows out there, and this is kind of what we're about here, is the conversation when we do disagree. Like, I'm okay. Like, I even said, I think it was last Tuesday, I think it was a week ago today, we were in the car listening to Jake and Ben, and they were having this conversation about, you know, Rudy and Kat and, like, this whole dynamic in the East. And, like, I disagreed with some of the things they were saying, but I was like, but what wow, did you say? They're high energy today. They're on sports. I can listen. But when you're talking about your house being broken into for an as, hour, as much as I as, as much as I empathize with that, right? As much as I empathize with that, that sucks. I don't care about your house being broken into for I'm sorry. an hour. Like, don't give me that for I we talk about non sports the last 15, 20 minutes of the show, although today I don't think we're going to have time, but. You cannot tell me that you can talk about anything non-sports for an hour on a sports show. It just doesn't work. But I think that's the edict in radio now. Hey, we can just roll up, turn the mic on, and talk about whatever. And because we're the home of the Utes, I can just talk about RSL for an hour. No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, Ruff's official says, isn't Howard Stern like 70 years old? You know what? I don't know how old Howard is, but I can tell you he's compelling and he plays younger. If he's 70, he plays much younger. I don't know how old Howard is. I've been listening to him since I was a teenager. And if he's 70, I don't care because he's compelling. DJ and PK are 70, and I can't listen to that show. It's like when when Hans and Ron McBride are on the radio together. One, Jake has no idea. This Jake has no idea who Ron McBride is. But when you're talking about, and it's slow, and it, the guy sounds like he's really old, I'm, I'm out. I does I don't even know that KSL or the Zone has a program director. I have no idea who it is, but try asking Hans Olsen to talk jazz basketball. Who wants that conversation? Who's who's here for Hans talking jazz basketball? Keep it real. I'm not. I want Hans talking BYU football, period. Period. That's what I'm there for. If I want jazz basketball, I want to hear Ben Anderson talking jazz basketball. Yeah. That's what I want. Yep. But you just don't get that. All right, let's get your thoughts in here because uh, it's probably too much of us. Um, let's see. Chancet says, the only time I listen to radio, I listen to pre- and post-game show. I heard that one. Boyd said, radio and other media takes talent and years of hard work just like any craft. Jeremy Bolton says, NBA at 12, the real question should be asked of jazz fans in the name is name me a better iconic jazz duel, Milt Palacios or Jaron Collins or Mike Conley to Kelly Olenek. Okay. Don't be bitter. Don't be bitter. Uh, Jake Scott, Hans, Scotty G are all close in age. I really like listening to Ben. I, I don't, yeah. The. Do you realize 
RSL and Utah State get more radio time in this town than Utah does. Yeah. How is that possible? Somehow. Listening to Scotty G talk about Utah State is paint drying. Nobody cares. There is such, and and I don't, here's the the unvarnished truth. I don't have a problem with Utah State. I don't mind talking about Utah State. We, thanks to sources, we broke the news on Logan Bonner being done at Utah State. I don't, I don't hate Utah State. I don't, I don't, BYU and Utah are far more compelling because they're much bigger brands. That's what I want to turn the radio on in here. Um, Caleb says, yeah, I was going to say that earlier about the jazz. They are definitely coming along with media content. I see them posting more on YouTube and using more reels. It's coming along from three years ago. I agree. They're posting more. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. They're absolutely doing more YouTube content. Now my critique is this is not a criticism, but a critique. And I hope someone from the jazz is listening. Don't just put me out on the field at RSL and just kind of hodgepodge some stuff together. There's got to be stories, right? Like the the greatness of what BYU does or what anybody does is the storyline. Like what like the Wrexham show is really good because it's not about the club. The club's just sort of the main theme. It's about the people, the bar owner who got crushed during COVID. Like that's yeah. what it's about. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have to find compelling storylines all the time. It is it is what we do just, in this business. Yeah. Um, because if you don't care about it, you know, if 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 you don't care about it, it's not going to make them money. Like radio and TV is not going to make money. Um, and we all care about making money, which is why you should go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. I mean, it, 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 right? I mean, I, I think we all know that. Hello, Harrington here. You know, I've been in the broadcast business going on 30 years now. And after that amount of time, you start to be able to pick some winners. I want to share a winner that I'm aware of with you, and that is my guys at Triday Trading. They're going to teach you how to trade, and then they're going to let you trade using their money and then split the profits with you. That's a pretty winning deal. If you want to register for a free webinar, all you have to do is go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. So for more information, it's trydaytrading.com slash Monty. We'll see you there. Alema Harrington. Thank you. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Do what Alema does. Go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. We tell you every day, stop grinding through 800 different side hustles. Day trading can absolutely make you the money that you deserve, that you've dreamed about. Get a better house. Go on that vacation you've always wanted to go on. Buy yourself a nicer car because you took the leap of faith and went to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. They're going to train you. They're going to teach you. They're going to coach you. They're going to mentor you. And the best part is at trydaytrading.com, you start trading with their money, not yours. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Register for the free webinar, watch it, and then make a decision. If it's not for you, hey, it's not for you. But what I'm telling you is day trading is a scalable side hustle so that you can stop waiting to get paid on the 15th and the 1st to pay your mortgage and not go on that vacation your neighbor went on. Not get the time with your kids that you want. You deserve a better life, man. Go and get it. Do it by trading at tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. A couple more comments in here real quick because then we got to talk about Mrs. Monty's colonoscopy. Jeremy uh, Bolton says, Alema is on the zone on Fridays with Ron McBride. I always listen to Alema. Then go to tridaytrading.com slash Monty because um, he told you to. Uh, CKS says, there is no accountability. Um, 
Oh, and I got the wrong camera. I, I, I grabbed the, the, the wrong remote, remote there. Here, you guys are getting a look Hello. at my... Hello. Hello. Uh, there is no accountability for these local radio hosts. More BYU homers and BYU hype every year is, naughty, is nauseating. Is that what it is, though? I don't think it's BYU hype. Is Does BYU not deserve to be talked about? Yeah, does I mean, BYU, they do. I think they've earned that, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think when you look at you look at the amount of comments um, that people are talking about, I... BYU has earned that hype, right? I mean, is it unjust? No, I don't think it's unjust, but I I think the conversation and what we're all kind of agreeing upon here is that, you know, radio hosts, like as far as accountability is concerned, like people don't understand how impactful it is to not move listeners to your advertisers. It's not good enough to just say, oh, yeah, you know, hey, by the way, Quick Quack is advertising on the show, but by the way, we were over here the other day. Let's focus on that. No, it needs to be driven and intentional and, like, work hard. It's not just – I feel like a lot of times it's a matter of convenience for these guys. You have a job to do, and you're not doing it nine days out of ten, and that's what I think people don't want to talk about. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, let's see. I remember when Robert says when Lillard was finally coming into prominence and he was coming to play the jazz – all they talked about was Jimmer and how he was going to get better. It's only BYU uh, and Jimmer for those guys. Well, I mean, hey. And hey, maybe that's a thing. Maybe there maybe is it is. If we're getting a lot of comments on it, maybe there is more than we think. But but I'm just telling you, BYU is its own unique beast. I'll say that. You know, it's its own unique thing. It gets a lot of it gets a lot of run. But I again, I think it's the way you have these conversations too, which again brings me back to the point of you have to be more prepared and more ready to go. Okay, who's ready for the the, the ridiculous, unintelligent Ruffs official take? Here we go. Oh yeah, let's get the the ridiculous oh Ruffs boy. official take. You guys say Sarver should be banned from basketball for allegations, but you listen to Howard Stern, who has said some of the worst, most racist stuff. What? So let me get this right. We're comparing... Robert Sarver to Howard Stern, and you believe that Howard? Like, do you understand Howard? <laughs> you, you wrote that. Now I've read it and said it, and you think that's a le- like? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, serious. Russ. That that's a that's so, a new yeah. I'm here's sorry, what I man. would say to that: If Howard's employees were claiming that he was oppressing them, that he was racist towards them that he was ha- like uh, hazing them, bullying them, then yes, I would have a problem with Howard Stern. But it's not the same situation. <laughs> uh, come on, man. Like, what, what are we even talking about? That's one of the, the most food, like... Wait, <gasps> stop, stop. Uh, let's see. Giggity says, Ruff, sit this one out, big guy. You're out of big your guy. league here. Big, big guy. guy. Oh, my God, dude. All right. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, good luck today, Mrs. Monty. Lopes Van Cape says, Mrs. Monty chiming in from the toilet this morning. Oh. All right, Man. Mrs. Monty, let's talk about it. How's that butthole? No break. <laughs> How's that butthole? Well, yeah, she's getting a colonoscopy today. So oh she slept close to the bathroom oh, last night. I did. Did you really? Yes, I she did. slept I, in the I guest room. I slept in the guest room, which actually is a closer path straight to it's the like toilet. It's like six, seven feet. Yeah, like it's it's very close. Um, as opposed to like you know fifteen, maybe. you know, 13, that 20. extra step will really get you. Uh, well, so <laughs> here's what I will say. I I'm having mine done at the U of U, and they don't do the pill prep. They do the Miralax prep, um, and it it sounded really complicated. And 
all my life I heard from people who were like, oh, it's so horrible. You have to drink a gallon of this chalky stuff and it's, oh, it's horrible. And Y'all feel me? And you, like, <laughs> like everything I ever heard was like, it was going to be the worst thing I've ever been through in my entire life. I am the youngest of three children, which means that my other siblings are old enough to have already gone through this process. My brother summed it up very well. It's like you pee out of your butt. Oh, my God. That is wow. how That's much laxative. Wow. Dude. <laughs> wow. But I, Could have I, done without that. But it's true, right? So we're being honest and we're supporting people who may need to have this done. Um, I actually did not find the prep to be horrible. It was a sports drink. It tasted like the sports drink that I was drinking. Like, I don't know. Uh, the worst part was that, yeah, once it goes, it goes. And I only got maybe four hours of sleep. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, Jim, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, pee out of your butt. That Chipotle is model. It. This is the Chipotle <laughs> prep. This is the Chipotle <laughs> prep, right? It is an accurate description. Oh. As bad as that sounds. Dude. But it's not like you have, I mean, I don't know, the prep that they gave me, you also take these gas sex. So it's not like you have horrible gas pain. It wasn't like I was doubled over in cramps. No, it's just like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm going to go. And, and and it's my brother said it the best. It, you, yeah. you pee out of your butt. Uh, Jansen says, I love this show because we can go from sports immediately into colonoscopies, <laughs> which is true. And Ruff's upset. He Ruff's official says, notice how fast they move on when they're shown to be hypocrites. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're clearly the biggest hypocrites hey, in the world, man. Thanks for you watching know? the hypocrite show. We, yeah. we appreciate that. Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> you know. Uh, Caleb says, <laughs> okay. Caleb says, my dad is actually getting the same procedure as Mrs. Monty. Health is important. Well, Facts. I think yes. that's the the thing. Like, I know it's uncomfortable <laughs> to talk about colonoscopies. I know it's uncomfortable to talk about health, but we. It's why we get physicals once a year. It's why, you know, I have not wanted to do a colonoscopy. My doctor said to me, "I wouldn't. I'm not telling you to do it." Um, I when I had my physical this past August, he straight up said to me, "You don't have to do this. It's new recommendations from the the." Um, you know, Food and Drug Administration that they want you to... The FDA regulates your butt? No, the FDA um, is one of the bodies involved in lowering the age. Because it used to be that you you weren't going to get colonoscopies until you were in your 50s. But now we're seeing, especially with genetics, that they've lowered that rate. If you have a history of colon cancer in your family, you need to be well, getting colonoscopies at 35. Yeah, um, way If you wonder. are... Yeah, if you have no history in your family, they're talking about, you know, the 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 mid to late 40s to start getting your 10-year colonoscopies. Now, where you get a colonoscopy, oh, you're clear? Okay, we'll see you in 10 years. Yeah. If you have polyps in there that are precancerous, we'll see you in five years. Like, it's just something we deal with now because of the food that we eat. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to talk about it. It's not fun to talk about, hey, you know, I have gastrointestinal issues or I have diarrhea or butt this is what we do for two days to live a healthy life the rest of our lives. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. It's absolutely uncomfortable, but you, you have to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Mark Hale says, yeah, this is compelling sports talk. <laughs> you know. Well, it's the it uh, yeah, three hours of it. It's, it's time to talk about two life. yard dash. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> you know, Robert Lambert says, I like uh, what she is saying, though. Real people are scared to get these done and they shouldn't be. They're life-saving. I, I think that's exactly right. I had anxiety for two days. Like, just, I and not like crippling anxiety, but it was in my head. Like, I was really uncomfortable. I thought it was going to be 
horrible. Now let, let's just say it's, it's not fun, right? It's not but fun, but it's not anything that I had made up in my head or what I had heard from other people before. And I didn't do the pill prep. Uh, my family members did. And I had two of them that threw up for 24 hours and also, you know, had diarrhea. And then the other ones didn't affect them at all. Like they took the pills. It was fine. So I don't know. I'm doing the Miralax prep and I don't feel like it's horrible. Um, in uh, 15 minutes, I get to drink the oh. last four cups of my Having prep. Having fun is the name and of the game. And then this afternoon is a colonoscopy. So and are you at all worried? Like really easy. Are you all worried at all worried about driving all the way to Farmington? Oh yeah, yeah. Trust me, I like considered like going to CVS and getting like adult diapers. <laughs> I was like, like, wow. Yeah, like, what? No. What? <laughs> Oh, no. If you have to drive a long ways, and and what if you, like, have an instant urge? Like, what do you do? I was like, man, you know, it would be better than the other alternative of, like... Running into a maverick or something like that. you know, soiling yourself. yourself. I was like, man, like, an adult diaper isn't a bad idea right now. This is the world we live in. Damn. You know, uh... Aztec says, do you know how many times your intestines can contract? Seven feet? Yeah, sleep closer to the Portland God. Smart call. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dude. dude. Like, totally, man. It, what do you do, you know? It was helpful. Um, what is the reason for a colonoscopy? Know what it is, but why do we do it? Well, you do it because what a colonoscopy does, honest to goodness, is they have you drink this horrible cleanse that hasn't been so horrible, frankly. It clears out your intestines. Yeah. And then they take a camera through your hindquarters, they they knock you out, and then they take a camera and they put it in That's your colon cool. and up through your intestine. And that camera looks at the walls of your intestines in your colon yeah. because colon cancer is tumors growing off the wall of your colon yeah. and your intestine. And so the reason that we do it is because colon cancer is lethal. I mean, you get colon cancer and it's very difficult to recover from that. And so what they do is they look for signs of tumors growing. So there's either lesions or small growths. Mm -hmm. And if during the colonoscopy, if they find those ones that are very young or in early stages, they can actually cut them out right there and then. Um, And if they don't find any, they withdraw the camera and then you come back in 10 years and you do it again. But if they find them, the key to surviving colon cancer is early detection and quick treatment. Yeah. So what they do is, hey, if they can't remove it right there and then, they they aggressively schedule you for surgery to get that polyp or colon tumor removed. Colon cancer is deadly. It's not yeah. comfortable to talk about. It's yeah. not fun to talk about. But I look at a guy in Jeff Dickerson in Chicago at ESPN that I knew quite well. His wife died of colon cancer. Then he died of cancer. Like this is not this is not anything to joke about. Yeah, colon cancer is deadly, man. And because of the food we eat with so many preservatives and red meat and carcinogens, and it pumps all of this into your stomach and your intestines. And if you don't get this checked, yeah. and I'm telling you, please, I'm begging you, if you have a history of cancer in your family, in your go get a physical every year. First of all, no matter what your family history is, if you have a history of cancer in your family, get checked. Early detection is what it is for. That's what a colonoscopy is. It's just going into your your colon and your intestines and looking at the walls to see if you have any early signs of cancer. Yeah. That's why you do it. There's no other option. They can't do an MRI. They can't do an X-ray to see it. Like, 
uh, until better technology comes along, which, you know, being a woman and having to get a mammogram, you know, they yeah. haven't come up with any better technology for that one yet. So yeah. until it comes along, this is what we're doing. San Diego State says, and dudes, get your prostate checked. Prostate cancer can be the fast, uh, a fast track killer if not detected early. Exactly. Yeah. right. You can't just, and I think this really is the thing, and you can't just ignore your body anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, my stomach hurts or... You know, look, and I know it's gross, but look at what's in the toilet bowl. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times when you look at what's in the toilet bowl, it's going to tell you, hey, you're you're dehydrated, you're not digesting well, there's, you know, blood there or whatever. It's going to tell you. And you got to go get that checked, man. You can't. Please don't ignore it. Jeremy Bolton says, I hope Karen Montaminer is going to escort Mrs. Monty to (laughs) so things get done at the doctor's. Where's the doctor? Where's the effing doctor? (laughs) I want it. You're not wrong. He will be there as my support. You know. Uh, Jeremy says, if you need to stop in Centerville on your way, we have five bathrooms here at the place if you need a a quick relief. (laughs) You don't want that kind of smoke, bro. You know. Um, Talking with Raphael Podcast says, I'm the type of person that would like to know instead of wondering what if. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, CKS says, if you're going in today, the worst part is over. Yes, it is. Uh, the procedure, Frank Brown says, can prolong your life overall, a gift to your family. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, man, I don't know. You know. Uh, I believe it's called butthole, Jeremy Bolton says. Correct. That's, yes. That's it's how the we, appropriate you know. term. Uh, the Big Mugamba says, got to see those polyps. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, <laughs> Ruff is still going. Jansen says, Ruff, if you hate this show so much, then why are you here? Kind of sad you have nothing better to do than to watch a show you say is full of hypocrites. I agree with that. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, we need Wilford Brimley saying, get your butthole checked and check it often. There's no reason not to. Yeah. That's yeah. the truth too, man. I mean, if we're, if we're being honest, I mean, it's uncomfortable. You know what? I don't like the doctor grabbing my cajones, but... That's what you do. You got to feel for it. Yeah, that's what you do. You know, yeah. like it, there's no better feeling than knowing, hey, I'm a, I get a clean bill of health. Like that's why I get my blood done. I'd do my blood twice a year if I could, but I can't. So are you, are you at all nervous about it? Like what are your thoughts on your colonoscopy? No, I'm not nerv- nervous about the, the colonoscopy itself. Uh, I'm not looking forward to drinking the other four cups of this mixture. Just is because there, I know what it's going to trigger. Oh. Is there a the, process to reintroducing food? After you've gone through this? I don't know. I need to ask that, honestly, because I don't know. And and I don't want to be unhappy (laughs) uh, again. Dropping some nukes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I do need to ask that. Um, But it's supposed to be really fast. Like, you get in there, they put you in your gown, they, you know, get you all ready, and then they take you in, knock you out, and you wake up, like, 20, 30 minutes later, and you're like, all right, Yeah, the whole colonoscopy, from what I understand, is 30 to 45 minutes. Depending on what they see on the camera, and, right? Yeah, I guess if they see more, see more, you know. but like. But the you're cleared out, though. Is... You're cleared out. There's no mud in the on the road for the colonoscopy camera thing. Like you, you're you're cleared out, man. Like, all right, all know. right. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways. Yes. Yeah. And are, are, are you, I got to tell you though. Again, are you looking forward to getting back in the hot tub? Oh yeah, oh. yeah. But that you know won't be until this is not not until done. there's not until you can trust I those parts again imagine be, yeah <laughs> right like, Whew. Oh. i hey as somebody that went through terrible food poisoning where trusting a fart screwed me over i'm telling you <laughs> i'm telling you 
Don't don't do okay. it. Okay. Don't do it. All right. No. That's it. Well, I appreciate you being so willing to talk about awkward butthole issues uh, on the show. Thank you for that. Thanks to all of our sponsors, guys. Appreciate you being here. Major, major, major announcement coming up on Thursday on the show. We are finally ready to play out and display all of the plans on Thursday. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, tomorrow, don't forget Harris Lachance on the show. If you missed the Max Tooley interview, it should be up in about a half hour. Uh, thanks to all of our partners on this show, whether it's uh, The Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com, Quick Quack Car Wash, Barbecue Pit Stop. Please support local, including Papa Murphy's Pizza. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.